We're going, good afternoon. This meeting of the Napa Valley College Board of Trustees is now called, called to order at 4.35 p.m. We welcome members of the public. Instructions on making public comment are posted in item one on the agenda. We will ask at each item if there is public comment. Everyone who is expected to speak during the recognitions has received a link for access. All presenters should make sure their name appears so we can find you. So please remain muted with your video off until it's time to make your presentation. All right, Catherine, can you please do roll call? Yes, and I just brought uh, Trustee Shull in, so he is now here. Okay, Trustee Dodd has told us he would be late. Trustee Goff? Uh, Trustee Iverson? Here. Trustee Baldini? Here. Trustee DeLuna? Here. Oh, sorry, I just, okay. Uh, trustee Rios? Here. And trustee, student trustee Shull? Here. Okay, thank you. Oh, and trustee Baker, you're here. I'm here. Okay. <laughs> so we have the Pledge of Allegiance. Why don't we have our um, student trustee as his, one of his final acts um, Student Trustee Shaw, will you please lead us in the pledge? I pledge of allegiance yes. to the flag, flag. flag. The United of the United States, United States. States. Yeah. the public, which is indivisible, liberty, justice for all. For all. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right, so we are now moving on to 2.3, which is the adoption of the agenda. And um, I did want to request one quick change just so we could make our meeting flow a little bit easier. We've got 4.7. Can we move that to be 4.6 so that both of the faculty recognitions are next to each other? Um, I believe we're also pulling item... Bob Parker, I think we're I think pulling item 12.1, the potential lease of Upper Valley Campus. Is that correct? That is correct. Thank you. Are there any other changes to the agenda? If all agree with those two changes, then we can adopt via consensus. Okay. And moving on to... 3.1, Resolution Honoring Outgoing Student Trustee, Mr. Scholl. We have a resolution for you, and I'm trying to find it. Um, before I do that, though, I just wanted to say thank you and um, wanted to hear a little bit maybe about what your plans are after tonight. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I've prepared a whole speech if you guys want to hear it. Oh, well, goodness gracious, by all means. <laughs> um, my time as a student trustee was a strange one. While it might not have been uh, the experience that I wanted with COVID and everything, I'm still tremendously happy that I took it. I would like to thank all my fellow trustees for being so welcoming, helpful, and collaborative during my term. I would also like to thank President Kraft for being accessible and willing to communicate throughout the duration of my term. Catherine Kittle, Kathy Wright, and Heather Richter 
also deserve a big thanks for their support of myself throughout this strange and uncertain year. I would like to thank Holly Dawson for all the work she's done and will continue to do with the Legislative Affairs Committee. And lastly, I would like to thank all the administrators, faculty, and cabinet members. Uh, I will be attending the drive-through ceremony on the 29th, as this is my last semester at NVC. And after that, I will be transferring to UC Davis to major in political science. UC Davis has long been my dream school, and I was lucky enough to get my transfer accepted, as well as receive several scholarships. I thank everyone for all that they have done for myself, but more importantly, all the work that I've done for the students of Napa Valley College. I wish you all nothing but the best. Thank you very much. Well, thank you, Trustee Shaw. I will be there um, on the 29th, so maybe we'll get to meet in person. <laughs> it has been a very strange year, and our resolution is to read a couple of things off of it. Um, we recognize the, you, re you recognize the importance of Napa Valley College's role in the statewide community college system, and you've made enthusiastic contributions as a member of the Legislative Affairs Committee. Although I have not been in all those, any of those meetings, I know that Trustee Goff has talked about how very enthusiastic you are about that. And it's, I, I could know why you're going into political science. So you're a bit influential among your peers and you had a strong desire to make an impact upon the world, been instrumental in enhancing the student-centric focus of the board, Ask thoughtful and provocative questions and collaborated effectively with the associated students of Napa Valley College. So we are very pleased that you have spent this year with us in your little box <laughs> and we wish you well. And I need to get a, a motion to pass this resolution. Trustee Baldini, so move. Second by Ines. All right, so a first from Trustee Baldini and a second from Trustee DeLuna. So thank you. And any discussion on this? Anybody want to add anything? I'd like, just like to say thank you to uh, uh, Trustee Scholl um, and congratulate him on his acceptance to UC Davis uh, being an Aggie. I'm, Really happy that he's going there. It's a great place. Um, I'm sure your mom is very proud of you, um, and we're so happy that you you joined us on the board and and served the uh, college as you did. So good luck in uh, your endeavors. Thank you very much. Yes, and I heard a rumor that you actually have been granted a full scholarship. Correct? Yes, that is that is true. Fantastic. I mean, I thought, I thought all Aggies were in Texas, so I, I was I was very surprised to find that there were Aggies in California as well. But and I, I thought the exact reverse. <laughs> 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 so we have a motion and we have a second. So let's see. Let's go through our little list here. Um, Trustee DeLuna, how do you vote? Aye. Um, I don't believe Trustee Dodd is with us yet. Um, is Trustee Goff with us yet? No. No. All right, then. Trustee Iverson, how do you vote? Aye. Congratulations, William. Thank you. Trustee Rios, how do you vote? Aye. And Trustee Baldini, how do you vote? Aye. And thank you, Trustee Scholl. 
And this is weird. I have to actually ask you to vote on this. <laughs> trustee, student trustee Shull, how do you vote? Aye. Very good. And then I as well will vote aye. So then we have a unanimous adoption of that resolution. Thank you so much, Trustee Shull. And I hope to see you uh, in person on the 29th. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. It's been an honor. Okay. Let's see. Now we have 3.3, oh, sorry, 3.2. We have to go over our annual, is our annual review and approval of privileges granted to the student trustee and included in board policy BP2015, the student member. Do we have that up on screen? Yes. We do. Does anybody want to um, propose any changes or are we good to adopt as is? I move we adopt as is. All right, then. So we have a motion from Trustee Rios. Do we have a second? Second from Trustee Baldini. Oh, thank you, Trustee Baldini. Any discussion? We don't do, do we do public comment on these? Should we ask for public comment? Might as well. Do we have public comment? <laughs> no, we do not. <laughs> All righty then. Thank <laughs> you. Hey, All right. So, Trustee DeLuna, how do you vote? Aye. Trustee Dodd is still not with us. Trustee Goff is still not with us. Trustee Iverson, how do you vote? Trustee Iverson? Is it? I heard Aye. you. There you go. Trustee Rios, Aye. how do you vote? Aye. Trustee Baldini, how do you vote? Aye. And student trustee Scholl, how do you vote? Aye. And I also will vote aye. And that makes us unanimous. And I should note also, as we're moving into this next item, that although we're swearing in our new student trustee uh, tonight, uh, Trustee Scholl will be remaining with us through the end of this meeting. And so he's not officially off the hook until we adjourn. So now we can move on to item number 3.3, which is swearing in of student trustee. And Dr. Kraft, I think, is going to take over for us. I am. I I need to uh, see if I can see the, our new student trustee. David Gonzalez, do you want to, I see your video, you need to unmute yourself. Hi. Are you there, David? Yep. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I I don't know whether you can see this um, oath that, that is up, but but I'm going to say it, and then you're just going to repeat it after me, um, filling filling it in, and then we will uh, will be all official. Okay? okay. Okay. I please state your name. I David Soto Gonzalez. Do solemnly swear that I will support and defend. Do solemnly swear that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States. The Constitution of the United States. And the Constitution of the State of California and the Constitution of the State of California. Against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Against all enemies, foreign and domestic. That I will bear true faith and allegiance. That I will bear true faith and allegiance. To the Constitution of the United States. To the Constitution of the United States. And the Constitution of the State of California. 
and the Constitution of the State of California. That I take this obligation freely. That I take this obligation freely. Without any mental reservation. Without any mental reservation. Or purpose of evasion. Or purpose of evasion. And that I will well and faithfully. And that I will well and faithfully. Discharge the duties into which I am about to enter. Discharge the duties into which I am about to enter. Congratulations. You are now a sworn a student trustee at Napa Valley College. Thank and we you. give you little waving hands. <laughs> David, it's great to have you on board. And um, I'm sure the, uh, our board is looking forward to working with you. And I, I certainly am. And the cabinet as well. And all of our constituents. Thank you. Can't wait to work with all of you too. Excellent. Thank you very much. Maybe we'll get to, to actually see you in person. Okay. <laughs> I sure hope so. Heck. <laughs> so let's see. We have a 3.4 Associated Students of Napa Valley College Officer Recognition. And we have Ben Casada with us to review the posted document. Ben. Everyone. Uh, my name is Benjamin Casada, the manager of Student Life. Uh, certificates of appreciation are being awarded to the current student government officers. These student government officers have performed their duties in an exemplary and a highly professional manner. Their efforts in student advocacy, production of student-led events, and shared governance has had a direct impact on student life and has contributed to the success of the Office of Student Life and the Associated Stud Students Leadership Program. I would also like to add that during the pandemic, student government was still busy uh, dealing with Cal California state legislation, as well as being involved on state level uh, policies and procedures. There were some events that they've done virtually as well. Um, and so uh, we just want to recognize uh, the uh, student government for dealing with the adversities that they had to have dealt with during the pandemic. Uh, I would like to uh, put up a slide and recognize the following individuals. Uh, for their uh, leadership and participation. The first one would be the ASMC president, which is Yusby Jimenez. The uh, vice president of ASMC, Takisha Thomas. Student trustee, William Shull. Events coordinator, Afdan Kawaja. ASNBC Secretary, Janine Mizona, Senator at Large One, Abdil Bayinas, Senator at Large Number Two, Edward Galarza, Senator at Large Four, Marcus Texan, and Senator at Large Five, Everett Caldwell. And just a little side note. Uh, Senator at large number four, Marcus Texan, is our new ASMVC president for the academic school year of 2021-22. Thank you. And I believe Marcus Texan is uh, observing tonight. Welcome, Marcus. All right. Thank you very much. Mr. Casada, and we have, let's see, our next item, we're into 
number four, which is our recognition, our annual recognition of all of our wonderful people here at NBC. First uh, in line is 4.1, Outstanding Napa Valley College Storm Athletes from 2020 to 2021. And Mr. Jerry Dunlap is going to review that for us. Mr. Dunlap. Uh, thank you, trustees and uh, Dr. Kraft for having me here this evening, uh, representing athletics and the academic success of our student athletes this past year. Next slide, please. So a little background on academics um, that we're required to follow by the triple CAA, our governing body, is all of our student athletes uh, must be enrolled in 12 units, nine of which must be um, academic and working toward their educational plan to participate in, in uh, intercollegiate athletics. So they all must be full-time students at Napa Valley College. Um, in order to play their second year, all student athletes must pass 24 units, 18 must meet um, their educational plan and be academic um, courses, and they must maintain a 2.0 grade point average in order to compete in the second season of sport. This past year, the uh, student athletes at Napa Valley College averaged 13.6 units in the fall with a grade point average of 2.9 throughout the entire program. And we had 40 student athletes with a grade point average of 3.0 or higher. Uh, interesting, we found that the units taken and the grade point average slightly rose this past year during the pandemic, um, probably due to the online learning and uh, they seem to do very well. So that, that was an interesting aspect uh, of the pandemic and, and how our student athletes succeeded uh, during this past year. Next slide, please. Here we listed the, the 40 student athletes that had a, a 3.0 grade point average or higher. You can see we had quite a few with a 4.0 grade point average, 3.7. So we had almost uh, half of our student athletes uh, maintained a 3.0 or higher grade point average this past fall. Next slide. And I'm trying to make this quick because I know you guys have a, a busy evening tonight. So um, we usually have a, a student come in and speak, but I thought this year during the pandemic, it, uh, I would be remiss if we didn't thank a lot of people that helped uh, uh, make uh, this season happen for us. Um, first and foremost, I wanna thank Bob Harris, the Dean over our area. Um, he was always there for me and, and all of us in the department to ask questions and, and kind of uh, lean on. And he was also the president of, our, of the Bay Valley Conference. So early in the pandemic, we were meeting weekly with the conference and he just did an outstanding job and his leadership will be missed in, in the BBC. Uh, our athletic department really does want to thank the safety committee at the college, Dr. Parker. Um, you know, Nancy Tamarisk and, and Jasmine De La Cruz, um, God bless them for all the hard work they've done this year, um, helping test our student athletes, uh, whether we're going to the health center, or they're coming down here on Fridays to do antigen testing. They've really... Um, They've really made it possible for our student athletes to compete this year uh, in the spring two sports. Chief Wade, Matt Christensen, again, on the, on the uh, safety committee. Uh, again, we could not do this without all of you. So we really do appreciate all your help. Patty Morgan early on uh, helped us a lot with the CARES Act money. So some of our athletes could help fund their testing, um, which was um, 
greatly needed for a lot of our student athletes. And then uh, within our own department, Brandon Lucas and Tracy Oyama, who are athletic trainers, uh, have been here way too long. They, they work late hours. They're actually out at a baseball oh, game right now. And it goes late. This game's going to go probably to 7 o'clock tonight, 6 o'clock, and then we have a doubleheader and a soccer match tomorrow. So they're putting in long hours. Uh, Mike Ronald and Lauren Lee Farmer, our administrative assistant and our equipment manager, and Rodney Webster, our uh, academic counselor. And uh, just uh, want to thank everybody for making the spring two season happen. Our student athletes and coaches are ecstatic to be, whether they're out on the course or on the baseball field, we're having success. Our, our men's golf team is undefeated. They're uh, eight and right now. And our baseball team is in second place in, in our conference right now with an eight and four record. Um, and it looks like they're in a long battle tonight. So we'll come back for the doubleheader tomorrow. And uh, again, we have a, a women's soccer match also tomorrow night at five o'clock against uh, South Lake Tahoe. So thank you all so much. And, and thank you for everyone here for your support in athletics and our student athletes at Napa Valley College. Thank you. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you. Sorry, I had to unmute myself. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right. So next we have 4.2 Phi Theta Kappa Awards for 2020 to 2021. And Professor Kathy Gillis is with us this evening to review that. Kathy, take it away. I am. Thank you so much. Um, I am Kathy Gillis, as you say, <laughs> the faculty um, advisor for our Honor Society, and I'm happy to brag about our students who also share on some of the other things that were already mentioned, like ASNVC and also um, in, in athletics. So I know that they are here tonight as viewers, and they made this wonderful presentation so that I can brag about them. Speaking of uh, GPA, in order to be eligible for the Honor Society, students have to have a 3.5 GPA or higher with 12 or more transferable units, which is no easy task, as you all know, for our students who um, have multiple things in their life that they have to manage in addition to their college career. Also, I also want to echo Jerry in thanking the board faculty, staff, the entire NBC community for your support of Phi Theta Kappa. It's been, in our chapter of Beta Beta Sigma, it's been constant and ongoing. And once again, as this presentation will show, uh, they were successful in their projects. It's really essays, deadlines, research, activities, and they gleaned some awards. So next slide. These are the wonderful officers. The first three, uh, Kehalani was our president, outgoing president. She is transferring along with Melita and Afnan will become our new president for the next academic year. So congratulations to him. Uh, next slide. More of our, um, as you can see, we do share some of these students, more of our students who uh, participate in the Honor Society Board, along with Ariana, Marcus, and Steven. Next slide. And me. Next slide. <laughs> so some of the awards they won, and remember, this is in addition to everything they're doing 
um, for their own college career. So they uh, did a research project. They did, re um, did the research, answered questions, wrote essays, and they placed first in regional honors and action project. They also received second place um, distinguished chapter officer award for Keholani's work for the chapter. Next slide. Um, also in the, uh, they received third place overall as most distinguished chapter out of all the chapters in our Nevada, California region, which is about 80. We once again um, achieved the highest level of stars as a five chapter, five star chapter award. And we also gleaned some certificates for our mentoring of another chapter at Solano, as well as our community project, which was really great, especially during the pandemic. And I can't say enough about it. And I know some of you are involved in that as well. Next slide. So then at the international level, which is uh, now we're talking thousands of chapters, we rose to get some of those as well, including that five-star uh, overall as a status. Uh, Keholani was distinguished as an officer, so that was wonderful. And also, um, we placed among the top 100 chapters overall, our little chapter in all of the entire Phi Theta Kappa International, which encompasses other countries as well. I don't know if there are any other slides. Oh, yeah. And also, very importantly, uh, Ron is very familiar with this yearly, and, and Kathy as well, um, of this yearly distinction for two students to represent our college on the All-California Community College Academic Team. So Afnan placed on the first team and Ariane post, uh, placed on the second team. And normally we would be... Uh, congratulating them with a banquet, but that's not happening at least anytime soon. <laughs> so maybe next uh, or in the summer or something, they'll reschedule it. But so very much congratulations to these two students as well. I don't know now if there's another slide. Ah, and here's some pictures to enjoy of the canned food drive and other work that they did. So you can scroll through these with a couple mm -hmm. seconds or so. See some of our meetings, some of the uh, drives. There's the canned food. You can see our officers in there. We made flyers. They made flyers. Thank you again so much for your support. Very appreciated. Thank you, Professor Gillis. And let's see, we are moving on now to 4.3, Nursing Program and Resolution in Honor of National Nurses Week. And Catherine's gonna pull up our resolution and we, so we just need to get a motion so that we can pass this resolution. Move for approval. I got a move for approval from Trustee Dodd, second. Trustee Dodd, welcome. And so then let's see, do we have any discussion? Any public comment? I will just simply say that I, I am definitely, we every year do National Nurses Week, but my goodness, what a year. Anybody who's in the medical field the last year, you guys have been 
first responders in a way that I don't think any of you could have possibly ever anticipated. So thank you very much. Um, so we have a motion and we have a second and I just need to go through my list here. So prof uh, let's see, Trustee DeLuna, how do you vote? Aye. Trustee Dodd, how do you vote? Aye. Is Trustee Goff with us yet? Still no? Okay. Not yet. All right. Trustee Iverson, how do you vote? Aye. Trustee Rios, how do you vote? Aye. Trustee Baldini, how do you vote? Aye. Student Trustee Scholl, how do you vote? Aye. And I as well will vote aye. And so we have a unanimous adoption of that resolution. And then now we're moving on to 4.4 which is our retiring administrative confidential staff and classified professionals. And so Mr. Parker is going to do a review of that. Take it away. Thank you. So we actually have uh, one member of our IT staff, one longtime member of our, of our IT staff who is retiring at the end of this month, Mark Craddy. And uh, Eric Halk, who is his immediate supervisor, is here tonight to say a few words about Mark. Thanks, Bob. Uh, good evening, everybody. Uh, I will just, uh, for those who know Mark or has been in communication with him in any reason, uh, you know that he is a man of few words and always direct and to the point. So in a similar vein and in honor of him this evening, I will attempt to keep my words uh, equally brief and to the point. Uh, Mark is a valued member of the IT team. Uh, in his almost 20 years of service to NBC, he has borne witness to the rapid growth and general improvements in technology, as well as the ever-growing rate of adoption of said technology here at Napa Valley College. Uh, in that time, he has always sought to keep pace with the inherent continuous change that is IT, uh, and consistently has sought out ways to apply technology solutions, which will improve our students' ability to succeed as well as support faculty and staff in their efforts to do likewise. In doing so, Mark has established himself as a leader, not only with IIT, but also within the ranks of his fellow classified professionals whom he has also served well and with distinction. On a personal note, I will miss regular chats with Mark and the nuggets of truth, personal experience, and wisdom that he would frequently share with me as part of our conversations together. Uh, he is a true and humble public servant uh, and will be missed amongst the NBC family and employees. Uh, to best illustrate this, I will share one piece that you may have noticed. Mark is not on camera this evening. As I was discussing with him prior to uh, tonight's activity to confirm that he would actually be in attendance, he noted that he will be and is here, but uh, would not be on camera because he had, quote, given away his uh, webcam to a faculty member who needed it more than me, uh, end quote. So. In closing, thank you, Mark, so much for your years of service to Napa Valley College. You're muted, Jennifer. You think after a year and a half of this, I'd get it right. Jeez. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. So, do we have any other comments from anybody, uh, or shall we just move to adopt our resolution? I need a motion. Well, this is Trustee yeah. Baldini with a motion, and 
Second. Second from Trustee Rios. All right. Any discussion? Yes, I Trustee would. Baldini, uh, Mark, uh, it's been a few years, but I've enjoyed working with you, and, and particularly when you were present in the Board of Trustees uh, room. Thank you very much for your nearly two decades of service. I'd like to add in as well, if I can, uh, Trustee Baker. Um, Mark, thank you. It, it, it's, you know, you have been a presence for the entire 10 years that I have uh, served as president. We've had a lot of, a, a lot of talks over those years and um, I appreciate your help and assistance, as, especially in the first um, couple that were, you know, kind of uh, getting me and a brand new team up to speed. So you'll be missed my friend. And, and um, we very much appreciate um, all that you've done both for, for students and faculty, staff, and administrators for the board, and especially for me. So th thank you. I will miss you. I just, uh, I also wanted to thank uh, Mark for everything he's done for the college, and I wish you the best in your retirement, and hopefully we can catch up soon. But thank you again for helping us all out at some point. All right. Well, if we have no other comments, we can move on to adopt our agenda. We already have a motion and a second. So, Trustee DeLuna, how do you vote? Aye. Trustee Dodd, how do you vote? Aye. And Trustee Goff, still not with us? Not yet. Okay. Trustee Iverson, how do you vote? Aye. Trustee Rios, how do you vote? Aye. Trustee Baldini, how do you vote? Aye. And student trustee Scholl, how do you vote? Aye. And then I as well, we'll vote aye. So that gives us a unanimous adoption of resolution. So now we have 4.5, Administrative Confidential Employee of the Year. And Bob Harris, our Senate president, is going to introduce the, our honoree. Good evening, board. And uh, President Baker, I took the liberty of unmuting myself about 15 seconds ago. So <laughs> it's been a hard thing to learn. So anyway, the Administrative Senate is pleased to recognize Maria Villa Gomez, Senior Dean, Language Arts and Developmental Studies, Library and Social Sciences, as the 2020-2021 Administrative Confidential Employee of the Year as selected by her peers. Maria, who is well respected and esteemed by her colleagues, received many nominations from colleagues across campus for her tireless work to ensure that the transition to distance education at the onset of the pandemic was implemented as smoothly as possible. She and the distance education team established trainings, programs, and processes to ensure that faculty and students were able to continue their courses when the college was faced with moving from a class schedule that was 30% online to immediately 100% online with little or no warning. No small task indeed. Maria joined the Napa Valley College community in 2000 as a faculty member and has served in a variety of roles since, always putting the best interests of the students, faculty and staff into each decision she makes. Maria, as I mentioned earlier, currently oversees two divisions, Language Arts and Developmental Studies, AKA LADS, Social Sciences, the Library and Distance Education. 
Christine Pruitt, English faculty, says that this work is typically done by four separate deans at other colleges, yet somehow Maria manages it all with grace and finesse. Delilah Hernandez Ramirez, Spanish instructor, says during her years at NVC, she has demonstrated inclusivity, responsibility, integrity, and honesty, whether in the classroom or as administrator. And Diego Fernandez, Lads faculty, says, I am proud to call her my colleague and am grateful to work alongside her. As a colleague of her at the Dean's Council, I can attest that her attention to detail is unmatched, unmatched by anyone I've ever seen, and I'm honored to, to have her as a colleague. So on behalf, on behalf of the Administrative Senate, congratulations, Maria, you make our campus better. Now, Maria is available. If Maria is here, if she could say a few words. Thank you so very much, uh, Bob, for those kind words and to everyone who nominated me also. Thank you so much. This is an incredibly humbling and uncomfortable experience for me. <laughs> for once, I am speechless, but from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much. Congratulations, Maria. Yes. And I have to say, you always look so put together, even in Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see. Now we have our uh, let's see the distinguished McPherson Distinguished Teacher Award. So we're going to have Dr. Sarah uh, Baker. Trustee Baker, we yeah. moved that. We switched oh, that. Oh, okay. I was thinking we moved it the other way around. I apologize. Yeah, I'm sorry. Now we're doing now we're doing four point what used to be four point seven, correct? So yes. that would be the Dr. Ed Shank. Excellence in Student Service Award. This is our first year with this award, and I understand that Dr. Schenk is here. And then we also have Oscar DeHaro, who is going to introduce our very first honoree. Yes, it's, it's, thank you very much. And actually, uh, it's it's a second year. Last year was a it was a first year, but uh, we had the opportunity to to have Martha Navarro as as a recipient uh, as a. Um, as part of the the understanding that Dr. Shank had for the first for the first award, so this is the second uh, annual awarding of the Dr. Ed Shank Excellence in Student Service Award. Uh, th this award honors student affairs staff members who have had who have made an outstanding com contribution to the success of MEC students through activities that promote student learning, student student retention, and student growth. Mr. Rene uh, Rubio, the Mesa STEM Program Services Specialist is a 2021 re recipient of the Dr. Ed Shank Excellence in Student Service Award. Renee has been with, the, with NBC for nearly 20 years and has been, and I quote, a mentor, a caring student affairs staff member, a team player as a colleague, and a superhero to our NBC students, STEM students in particular. I'd like to uh, also thank and acknowledge the selection team who took part, who took, who put in many hours in this selection process. And those members are Donna Altz, from the NBC Foundation, Trustee Inez de Luna, Edward Galarza, the student rep, and Chief Amber Wade, the administrative rep. Uh, and we have Dr. Shank here uh, as well. And uh, also we have both of Renee's supervisors, past and present, to share a word or two on Renee. So I'd like to ask Dr. Shank to please have the, uh, the mic, if you will. Well, you know, this is, uh, quite an honor to be here to participate in the second award uh, and with you all, the board members. Uh, the irony of all of this is that 
several people have been acknowledged that were hired when I was still working and are now retiring. So I begin to wonder how long I've been gone from the campus. Um, but it's it still looks, you know, it's still wonderful to participate. And for the board, a couple of quick things about this award. I was very fortunate that my wife's family uh, made a donation to create this award for the student service professionals. And uh, my wife and then Oscar suggested that my name be added to it. Uh, that was not my original intention as I helped put together this thing. But I think it's so important that the student professionals tied with our faculty make a difference in uh, the success of our students at Napa Valley College and always have. So um, I think it's just really great. Renee, I remember working with him. I remember when he was hired. I remember when Maria was hired. Uh, a number of the people that have been acknowledged. Uh, it's just really good to see, see uh, the success that's evolved and that uh, people that are doing great jobs for our students are being acknowledged in student services. So thank you very much, Oscar, for giving me this opportunity and for the board and Dr. Kraft. So thank you. Thank you. Uh, and Jose Hernandez, please. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Thank you, Napa Valley College, BOT, president, staff, and students. I'm Jose Hernandez, as former associate uh, dean of Mesa STEM. I'm delighted to acknowledge and celebrate Rene Rubio for his passionate commitment to the students, parents, and goals of the Mesa STEM Center since 2002. In the 15 plus years that we work side by side, Renee has been so much more than a colleague. Congratulations, my friend. Gracias. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Luis, please. Hi, Luis Alcázar, Associate Dean of the Mason STEM programs. It's uh, definitely a pleasure to be here uh, recognizing Renee. Um, and here to, uh, with my mentor, Jose Tamien. Um, Renee, um, I remember when I was a student, you know, many years ago, uh, and, um, and all the efforts that you put in um, to ensure that our needs were being met and that we were taking advantage of the STEM opportunities available to us. I also remember our basketball games at the now non-existent outdoor basketball courts. Um, that was a lot of fun. Um, you still continue uh, to be very engaged with our Mesa STEM Center students at the college, ensure their voice is always taken into consideration when making decisions that affect them, and that we are continually exposing them to the many STEM experiences that we offer. You've helped bring in the Medical Scholars Program, our partnership with Kaiser. Um, you have put in many efforts to ensure that the Dwight, uh, David Dwight Eisenhower Transportation Fellowship was a success and continues to be, and are always willing to collaborate with other areas to the, for the benefit of NBC, to NBC students at large. You are a leader. Uh, you are a student affairs champion. Thank you for all that you do. I look forward to working together for many years to come. Thank you. Well, oh, thank you, Luis. Thank you very much. And just one, one, last, one, one last comment. Um, uh, this, this morning, invitation was sent out to the campus, to the campus community for the virtual celebration for this award that will take place on Tuesday, May the 18th from 11 to 12. So if you have not uh, yet received your, your invitation or you didn't uh, re receive one, please let me know and I will make certain that, that you receive it in your email. Thank you very much. Thank you, Renee. Thank you everyone for uh, the accolades. Uh, uh, thank you, uh, Dr. Shank. I do remember uh, I was a student in the mid nineties. I uh, was part of all of the ASNBC uh, as a board member there for years, you were uh, our VP at the time. 
Um, and Hector was crucial. Hector went out to the uh, schools just like he's still doing. And uh, I, he encouraged me, applied Napa Valley College. I was looking at four-year schools, going straight to them. And, uh, and I'm, it was the best choice I've ever done. Uh, as a student and then uh, reached out some after graduating after a year off of uh, my graduation I decided you know I like I really enjoy my time at NBC and there I am uh, since 2001 I'm still here in a little bit of gray extra gray hair from Jose over here give me extra stress <laughs> no but it's the students the staff here are amazing it's a family to me uh, it's, coming to uh, Valley College has been a joy Obviously, I'm not going in, in person, but I've gone a couple times. But it's uh, it's it's been a wonderful ride. I mean, Napa Valley College has done so much to me personally that I want to give back as much as I can to the students. Thank you again for for the accolades. Thank you. Thank you, Renee. All right, so here we go. Thank you and congratulations. So now we're moving on to faculty and Dr. Sarah Parker is going to take over for, I believe, the next three items that we have. And starting with the McPherson Distinguished Teaching Award. Excellent. Good evening, Board of Trustees. I'd like to open the presentation of these awards by acknowledging what a privilege it is to be able to announce these names in honor of Dr. McPherson. This award was inaugurated in 1987, acknowledging Dr. McPherson's belief that the quality of education relates directly to the caliber of teaching. The original announcement of the award stated, the McPherson Distinguished Teaching Awards will recognize the outstanding performance of teaching faculty who demonstrate excellence in instruction and who provide outstanding service to students. The achievements of the individuals selected will exemplify Napa Valley College's philosophy, commitment, and dedication to excellence in instruction and quality service to students. These words continue to capture the meaning of this award for Napa Valley College. I'd like to take a minute to appreciate the selection committee who volunteered their time and took on the responsibility with the gravity it deserves. Looking back over the years, you'll see that there are often two awardees, sometimes only one, but rarely three. Out of a pool of incredibly strong candidates, the committee recognized that in this extraordinary year of challenges, disruption, uncertainty, as well as innovation and creativity, that we wanted to award three individuals who all in their own unique ways put students first and provided leadership to the campus in their classrooms and beyond. Thank you also to the foundation for all of your support and we look forward to celebrating the awardees with you at a virtual celebration next week. In random order, I'm gonna now introduce each McPherson Distinguished Teacher awardee, say a few words about each, and then several presenters will do the same. Our first awardee's picture is up now, I can see. So please join me in recognizing our first McPherson Distinguished Teacher, Professor Kathy Gillis. Kathy Gillis contributes to the Napa Valley College community in more ways than we could count. For 15 years, she participated in the Puente program as an instructor and coordinator. She was able to cultivate and foster relationships with students, their families, their mentors and community partners, many of whom she remains in touch with. Professor Gillis is an early adopter of technology. 
She began serving on the technology committee in 2004 and was perhaps one of the first on campus to use Facebook groups for student communication. As the distance education coordinator, she led the way in transitioning the entire college to online education at the onset of the pandemic and has continued to provide training, organization, mentoring, and patience and advice to all of us. Her work as advisor to Phi Theta Kappa is ceaselessly rewarding to her because all students, returning, DSPS, historically underserved, all socioeconomic levels, are all embraced and in her words, bloom in this honor society. When Kathy interviewed at NBC, she knew this was where she wanted to be. She shared with me that she is honored to serve students and that she loves that NBC is the perfect size to serve students and to work with colleagues and administration. She can't wait to get back in the classroom and work in person with students. Thank you, Kathy, for your many contributions and congratulations. And I now pass off to Senior Dean Maria Villagomez. Now, this one is not at all uncomfortable for me. <laughs> Good evening, members of the board, colleagues, and guests. It is my pleasure to speak to Kathy's well-deserved recognition tonight for almost 20 years. Some of us have known Kathy as a distinguished teacher. Basically, she has been a distinguished teacher since she was hired at Napa Valley College. But today makes it formal and official. Many of us believe it was time for us to recognize Professor Gillis's contributions to the Napa Valley College community. Among many other contributions inside and outside the classroom, Kathy has been a great mentor to students and new faculty. In my experience, Kathy is always eager to provide support and assist anyone in any way possible. Kathy and I were hired the same year, not to make it about me, but so to attest to the familiarity that I have with her many contributions to this college. In addition to my direct knowledge of her teaching activities, as her supervisor, I directly work with Kathy in my role as language arts division chair when she became English coordinator. During that time, I witnessed Kathy's um, tremendous ability to lead other faculty into creating teaching practices and implementing initiatives that directly benefited students, an essential and mastered skill only of great teachers. Additionally, I've worked with Kathy directly on distance education since its inception at NBC. Kathy led distance education initiatives through which NVC has been able to develop structure, procedures, and processes for distance teaching and learning. According to my own recollection, Kathy has rarely missed a day of teaching. She's always here. I can recall that when she gave birth to her twins almost 16 years ago, she was away only for a few weeks. Most recently, when her mother passed away, she continued working. Other than those two events, Kathy's attendance has been impeccable. Now, if that's not an indication of excellent work ethic, I don't know what is. Additionally, Kathy has, <clears throat> Kathy has been the Puente instructor, was the Puente instructor for 15 years. During that time, I was a Puente mentor, and I remember being very impressed with Kathy's excellent coordinating skills and her amazing connection with our Puente students and their families. In short, Kathy has always cared deeply about her students. Finally, 
Distance education at Napa Valley College would not be the program it is if it wasn't for Kathy's leadership. When the pandemic hit last year, Kathy immediately worked on a transition plan to be ready to implement as soon as the college needed us to do so. That was leadership at its best. Thank you so much for recognizing Kathy tonight. And to Kathy, I will say, it's been a pleasure. And may the force of teaching always stay with you. Thank you. Kathy, would you like to say a few words? Wow. <laughs> wow. That, that I'm almost rendered speechless, but never am I speechless, unfortunately, or fortunately, however you look at it. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Maria. Um, Maria, your words really touched me. And I want to also say congratulations on your very well-deserved uh, award. And I, it is a pleasure to work with you as an administrator. Um, and you have many of those same qualities you describe in me in terms of caring and putting students first. And so I'm so happy we get to uh, celebrate this together. And um, it couldn't go to a better administrator. Also, I want to say um, the other two wonderful women who are honored tonight, I know they have not been introduced yet, um, but I feel very privileged to stand with them um, because they are amazing. So thank you to everyone um, for this award and I, I overcome. <laughs> thank you. Dr. Parker, before you move on to our other awardees, I just want to say congratulations, Kathy. Kathy and I have known each other for a while because we did Leadership Napa Valley together. We were in our, the same, what did we call it? Practicum group or whatever it was. I forget now. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> yeah, and I also, I also happen to know, I don't know when she has the time, but she is a, one heck of a gardener. She has produce that she takes pictures of all the time that I, I need to like come over and just eat with you from time to time. <laughs> so I will give the floor back to Dr. Parker. Wonderful. And I'm excited to move on in recognizing our second McPherson Distinguished Teacher. If we could move to the next slide, please. And there she is. Professor Jeanette McClendon. Jeanette McClendon provides the guidance and support to new and continuing students, helping them through education planning, career assessment, graduation, preparing to transfer to four-year programs and personal counseling. She builds lifelong relationships with her students and creates a safe space for students that allows them to speak freely on issues related to their growth and development. She engages with them from a holistic mindset, tapping into the mind, body, and spirit to learn about what's going on in their lives. Professor McClendon is the coordinator of the Emoja Learning Community, which specifically targets retention, persistence, and success for African-American students and students from the African diaspora. She has purposefully integrated Emoja students with those in the Puente program. And under her guidance, the program, a colleague notes, is a, quote, beautiful multi-ethnic mosaic, largely in part of the openness and welcoming environment, a multicultural space that welcomes all. Jeanette currently serves as the retention lead for the Starfish program, 
as the counseling liaison to the communication studies department and on the equity and inclusivity committee. In her words, I love the fact that I do something that I love and get paid to do it. I go home thinking about the ways to make each class enjoyable, thought-provoking, and richly and culturally educational for the student. Congratulations, and I'm going to pass off to Dean Luis Alcazar. Thank you, Dr. Parker. Um, Jeanette, uh, it's definitely a pleasure to be here saying a few words on your um, on your behalf, someone who I learned from a, a lot. Um, from the point I arrived at the college, we were, we were very welcoming. Um, over time, I got to know the positive force that you are for our students and colleagues. Uh, you always put the students first and are willing to put in the work needed to ensure their success, that they're respected, and that their voice is valued in, col in, in college decisions, even if that means taking risks or putting in extra hours. Every time I engage with a student from a course you taught that you advise as a counselor and or as part of the Emoja program, they speak of your high expectations of them and your caring approach to teaching and counseling. I love that I get to work with you in various roles and appreciate your efforts towards ensuring that equity-minded and social justice and culturally relevant approaches are practiced in and out of the classroom for the benefit of the whole student. Ms. J, as your students call you, uh, you are a faculty leader and you lead by example. You are a colleague that I look up to and enjoy learning from. I thank you for all that you do and I look forward to many more collaborations to come. Thank you. Jeanette, would you like to say a few words? Uh, Dr. Parker. Um, yeah, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to get through this. Um, it's always hard for me because I, I try not to toot my own horn. Um, but anyway, I'm just really grateful for being selected alongside my colleagues, Kathy Gillis and then Jennifer King, who will be up next um, for this prestigious award, um, McPherson Teaching Award. I, I, it's just what I do. It's just what I like to do. It's, it's, it's all about me and, it's, it, it, and how I feel about the students. When I go home, I just think about them all night um, and think about how I can make it better, as was mentioned. Um, I, I'm really thankful for Oscar DeHaro, who is like, God, he's more than just my, my leader. He's more than just my VP. He's, he's my gente. You know, I really appreciate that I can talk to him about anything. You know, I, I, I am also grateful for Howard Willis, who has now moved on to another campus. Um, but I, but I look at the leadership that he, he provided as well. And I, and I, and I, I strive to be a better person every day. I thank my counseling colleagues um, who I work with every day, who, who help me, who give me guidance, who give me strength sometimes when I need it. Um, teaching is one thing, but I also do counseling. And so um, it's really important that I stay connected to the students as well as in the classroom and outside of the classroom. I um, wanna thank the students. I mean, all of them from um, when I started back in 2013 up until present and, and the ones I'm gonna be seeing in the future. I'm just really, I just love what I do. Like I said, I go home every night happy. Sometimes I'm not happy, I, I gotta admit that. Sometimes students really get on my last nerves, but then I realize that that um, that's part of the, the, the growing pains in being an instructor on campus. I um, also wanna thank Dr. Parker for her kind words and Everybody else who has played an instrumental role in my growth and development at the campus, um, Dr. Tejada and, and, the, and, and everybody else, Dr. Tia, um, everybody in the Mojo program, everybody that I've worked with. And so I really appreciate it. And lastly, I just wanna say that I'm humbled. 
um, to have been nominated and selected for this prestigious award. And I hope that um, the students know that I really, really care for them. And thank you so much. And, I, and we, we get to hear even more about how wonderful you are because I, I, I jumped ahead and asked you to speak and there was someone else here that would like to say something to you and in congratulations. And that's uh, Counselor Professor Angie Moore. Hi, good evening, everybody. Uh, Jeanette, on behalf of the counseling division, I just wanted to say that um, that you're so deserving of this award, that having been the Emoja counselor and coordinator for the past eight years, you've brought a very consistent um, presence to Emoja and, Emoja and our Emoja students that has really um, helped them to, build, to feel very connected to our campus and have a sense of purpose and belonging on our campus. And in addition to that, in teaching top-notch college success skills and career development, I feel that, that the Moja students um, also get a really strong sense of belonging to our campus just from who you are. Your, um, your presence is very uplifting. It's very lighthearted. And that transfers over into this program that, that you're running on campus. For anybody who ever gets a chance, going to an Emoja uh, celebration is a really wonderful experience. I've gone to several of them. And even though those students are really close with Jeanette, when I go there and I meet with these students, they're so warm and they make you feel so welcome. And I've even kept in contact with a couple of them just from meeting these them at these events. And that is hugely due in part to Jeanette um, and, and the work she does with them. Also, just as a colleague, uh, the, the, the few days a week that you are in the counseling hallway with us, when you're not in Emoja, there's this laughter and Jeanette's so much fun. There's so much fun and laughter. And again, that warmth goes into her office. If you were to walk into her office, there's pictures of my children in there and other colleagues' children and the fun and pictures of us at conferences together. And it's, it's this personality that makes these, that helps these students, um, us retain these students and, and, and have them coming back um, every day to class and to, to see all of us. So thank you, Jeanette, for all the wonderful work you do. And I'm so looking forward to seeing how um, Emoja continues to thrive. Thank you, everyone. Thank you so much. And now, please join me in recognizing our third McPherson Distinguished Teacher, Professor Jennifer King. Jennifer King's commitment to her students is legendary. From lifelong learners to transfer students, from novice actors to those ready to join the industry, she has shared with me that seeing the electricity in their eyes when they meet and expand their creative potential is what I love about teaching at NBC. It was Professor King's goal to become a professor of theater at Napa Valley College because of her wonderful experiences as a part-time instructor. 2003 production of the Laramie Project with Greg Raglia was life-changing for her. And she believes that presenting on that play is the reason that she's here today. Jennifer has contributed not only to her students, but to the college and community, producing and directing many memorable productions she launched the Emergence Festival, has grown the Film Studies Program, initiated a partnership with Cafeteria Kids Theater, 
She founded Shakespeare Napa Valley in 2010 to serve as a bridge for our students into the professional theater world and to provide the community with free access to productions written or inspired by William Shakespeare. She's a practicing artist, acting and directing at major theaters in the Bay Area and internationally and credits teaching at Napa Valley College with making her a better actor, director, and teacher. Thank you, Jennifer, for your many contributions and congratulations. And I'll now pass off to Senior Dean Bob Vanderbilt. Thank you, Dr. Parker. Um, many of you have seen Jennifer on stage, and so you know that she is a fabulous actor. Uh, she's also an amazing director, um, an incredible producer, um, and I can attest firsthand that she is a fabulous teacher because she has taught me all about theater in my role as the senior dean over that area. Uh, there's a lot more that goes on behind the stage and behind the scenes uh, than you will ever know. Um, what's in front of this, the scenes is just the tip of a very large machine with lots of moving parts, and I can't think of anybody better uh, uh, to keep them all in line. Uh, she has been a gem and a joy to work with, um, and I'm delighted to, to join in recognizing her in this accomplishment. Um, I also want to ask her colleague, Dr. Christina Howell, uh, who is one of the nominators uh, for uh, Professor King, to talk a little bit more from the faculty perspective. So I will turn it over to Dr. Howell. Good evening, trustees, Dr. Kraft, and guests. I'm Dr. Christina Howell, Coordinator of Music and Director of Vocal Studies here at the college. Thank you so much for inviting me to speak about my colleague and my friend, Jennifer King. For Jennifer, opportunities for collaboration exist around every corner. Her concept of community college goes well beyond a traditional idea to a place where the entire community can engage and be engaged. For her, performing art is community at every level. Even in the isolating era of COVID-19, Jennifer reached beyond the traditional stage to create transformative theater and her Herculean work in performing arts over this pandemic year simply cannot be overstated. However, this laudable work is an extension of her everyday excellence. Arts disciplines require those who would attempt them to be visionaries. Every semester of a performance-based course requires a complete redesign to reflect not only the realities of the work being presented, but also what is happening in the world. Jennifer shows students where to look, but she does not tell them what to see. Her excellent teaching, dedicated service, and discipline transcending excellence made Jennifer a natural choice for the Distinguished Teaching Award. And I nominated her with enthusiasm, joy, and most importantly, hope for the future of the arts in Napa Valley as a result of her transformative excellence. Thanks. Jennifer, would you like to say a few words? I don't know if I can say anything after that. <laughs> um, I will say that um, I do believe in the power of theater 
And long ago when I was in middle school, I really had to go up against something physically. Um, and theater saved my life. It transformed my life and it became my life. And I get the good fortune of working at Napa Valley College where I get to see the power of theater change lives every time I am with anybody. <laughs> working with Bob, working with Christina, and working with our amazing, amazing students. I have learned more about theater from them than any textbook. I have learned more about the arts from them than any museum. And I have learned more from them about life, period. I wanna say thank you, Napa Valley College. Um, the pandemic for all of us was really hard. And I can only speak as a theater artist that what I experienced was the death in my field. And for a long time, it was so uncertain. We didn't know what was going to happen. And you know we're gonna come back, but we didn't know what that was gonna look like. And you all supported me, the program and our students by providing a way for us to produce online in very innovative ways. And so instead of feeling a lot of self-pity, we decided to embrace this time and cultivate a new kind of art form, a new kind of theater through Zoom. And we now can mark this time historically with something really great. And at the same time, we gave an opportunity for students and our community to come together and find meaning and find healing through theater. So thank you all of you, because I know so many of you for being so supportive of the arts and for all of us to have a place here at Napa Valley College to create. So I'll just ask everybody to join me, please, one last time, a round of applause for these three phenomenal professors and congratulations to the winners this year. Josie Baker, would you like me to, to move on? Yeah, I was just going to say one last thing is that it's interesting to me. It's like I've been on the board now for five years. I think this is the first time I actually know all of the awardees. So it's kind of nice. <laughs> so congratulations to everyone. And please, yes, do move on. All right. Well, we're uh, next excited, but I say with heavy heart because we're going to incur such a loss with the retirement of the individuals that are going to be presented here tonight um, with a total of 140 years of cumulative service who have contributed so much to Napa Valley College for each of our retirees, the Dean over that area and their colleagues will share brief reflections. And we also have resolutions prepared for each retiree honoring their service. If we could move to the first slide, we have Professor John Dada. 
And as the dean, I will have the honor of recognizing Professor John Dada. Um, John has been uh, a fabulous instructor in photography, has uh, led the program in new directions, has brought the Photo Eye Lecture Series to campus, uh, and has um, been um, a fabulous artist as well. Um, his course syllabus uh, is interesting because it's not just a syllabus that outlines the due dates for assignments or tells the students what textbook to use. Um, it is itself a work of art uh, with fabulous photographs illustrating the concepts and creative use of um, assessment techniques and grading practices that um, are really well done. And I, I know that because Personally, I was one of his students. Um, I took his smartphone photography class so that my smartphone pictures would be better um, And uh, last spring and was doing really well in the class, got good grades on all the assignments. And, you know, I wasn't taking it for credit, so it didn't matter. But um, midway through the semester, COVID-19 hit. And like many of our students, I had to take an EW in the class uh, to say, you know, I'm just, I just can't do this anymore because there's too much else going on. Uh, so it felt good to have John's support uh, in that decision. Um, and he understood, um, but he's, he's a terrific instructor and we are very much going to miss him. Um, I've only known him for the four years that I've been here, but his colleague, Professor Eric Shearer, um, has known him for uh, the rest of his tenure. And so I'd like to ask Professor Shearer to say a few words as well. Hey, good evening, everyone. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy to be here tonight to honor John. Um, I was just looking through the through all of the attendees. I couldn't see if you're there, John. I know I saw your name earlier, but um, uh, I'm here. Uh, there you Oh, there you are. Now you're at the bottom of my screen. Thank you for saying something. Um, you, you know, I, I don't even know where to begin on this. And I'm um, I've been getting teary eyed sitting here all night just thinking about this. I can't believe that we're at this point in, 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 in careers right now, John. Um, what you've brought to the to the college over the last 13 years since you started um, can't be overstated. You led the photography program through the most difficult transition in the discipline imaginable, analog to digital photography. You came in right at the crux when this really had to be done. And you handled it with such grace and with such creativity as you worked on that and worked on it and worked on the curriculum over the years and built up um, what is now a very successful program as you've successfully navigated that transition over the last 13 years. You know, I, I want to share too that I, I remember the day that you were hired. I remember the day that you were offered the position very, very well. I had the honor of serving on the hiring committee. I had the honor of being on the final uh, on the final selection committee with the vice president and the president. And you did something that in all of the hiring committees I've ever been on, I've only seen once or twice. You brought the college's strategic plan with you to the second interview. I don't know if you remember doing this. You walked in there loaded for bear. You were going to get that job. And it was, and, and to say that you impressed the people sitting in that room is an understatement. You may remember that Dr. McCarthy looked, well, you weren't in there when he did it, but he looked around at the other two of us and he said, right? Yes. We said, yeah, yeah, yeah. He jumped up out of his chair and ran out into the parking lot to try and catch you before you left campus. He was so excited about offering you the job. Now, I know that I've sworn to secrecy on hiring committee processes, so sue me. Um, you can you can uh, <laughs> you can take me out in some other way, but it's too good of a story to pass up. It's something that 
Um, the, you know, the enthusiasm that, that, that he had for, for offering you the position, the enthusiasm that all of us had for you in coming into this position has been well rewarded over the years. You've been a colleague, you've been a friend um, over, the last, uh, over the last 13 years, and man, I'm really going to miss you. Um, so please, please, please keep in touch with us. We need to go riding. Um, you know, maybe I'll ride to Santa Rosa. I'll ride your way instead of you riding your bike all the way over here. For those of you who don't know, John regularly commutes to the college in Napa from Santa Rosa by bike, e-bike. Um, but he, come, he, he comes all the way over. His commitment um, to sound ecological practices has been something that's infused everything that he's done um, it, professionally and personally. And it's something that's come through so strong over the years in, in his work. And John, um, I love you, man. I, I, I am... I, I am absolutely honored to have been your colleague for all of these years. So thank you for what you brought to us and for our students. Wow. Thank you. Really. Thank, thank you very much. I, I, I'm, I'm not sure what to say. Um, <laughs> Cause it, um, it's finally uh, hitting me that this is really happening. This, this is really the, the thing that made it really real. And I just want to thank everyone in the campus community for being so kind and so supportive all these years. And it was an absolute pleasure working with everyone. And my, my colleagues in the art department have been nothing less than amazing to work with. So thank you for, for these wonderful years i'm uh i'm probably not really saying it right i hope it's coming across okay because i'm i'm pretty nervous about talking like this um so just thank you so much for for the time that i've been here it's really been incredible so thank thank you um again <laughs> so i'll leave it at that <laughs> and thank you our next retiree is Professor Steve Fall, and we'll go back to Senior Dean Bob Vanderbilt. Thank you, Dr. Parker. Uh, this is a tough one. Um, Dr. Fall um, was on the committee that hired me, um, and he has been um, a stalwart um, and a, a friend from the very first day I walked on campus to uh, come uh, um, done an interview and then beyond. Um, he has been a contributor to the um, division, serving as the division chair and now faculty chair for science and engineering. Um, and he has been teaching for, for 36 years, which is a, an incredible accomplishment. But it's I really should say 36 years and counting, um, because I know that he will probably be coming back for many years to continue to teach for us in a part-time capacity. Um, I believe the record... Um, is um, our former astronomy professor, um, John Charlesworth, who taught for 52 years. Steve, I don't know if you're going to be able to make that one or not, but I know that you're going to give it a good try. Uh, Board of Trustees, you have a resolution in his honor. Um, it talks about a number of things, and one of them it, it mentions is that he actually wrote the textbook um, on general chemistry. The resolution says that he describes it as a labor of love, and I want to translate that for you uh, with assistance from his 
his wife. Um, we've calculated that it's really a labor of love because it worked out to about 82 cents an hour based upon the, the countless amount of time and energy that he put in creating all of the images and all of the work that went into that accomplishment. Um, Steve, it has been a, a joy and a pleasure. Um, it's taken several people to replace you in your various roles and the various hats that you wear on campus. Um, and I, I don't really mean replace you. I mean to fill those roles um, because you are truly irreplaceable. And I want to ask my colleague, Dr. Forrest Quimlin, um, to provide some words from the chemistry department as well. Well, <clears throat> as said, Steve wears all the hats and I wear all the shirts. So, Steve... You've been uh, a rock in the chem department for all these years. Thank you so much for hiring me and being a great mentor. You know, he came on here to teach people all about how organic chemistry can rule everything that there is, especially all the wonderful coffee that he brews on a daily basis with that wonderful maker that he has. You got to ask him about it. It's great. <clears throat> but truly, Steve, you are an Iron Man, and you've been – a wonderful friend and mentor for all these years. And just in case you're wondering, yes, he does know the answer to everything. So with that, Steve, I just wanna say, I've been proud to call you my friend for all these years. And I look forward to when you don't retire and come back and talking to you again face-to-face -face and, and sharing our stories like we have for so many years. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. And, and thank you, Forrest, for stopping with the last shirt. I don't know if... Uh, Steve, you're, you're on mute if you'd like to say a word or two, uh, although he may be speechless. <laughs> well, thank you, everybody. You know, it's been a good run. I, I didn't actually start teaching at, at Napa Valley College. I actually have 42 total years of, of teaching under my my belt and uh, I've been teaching ever actually I've been in school ever since I was five years old I have literally never been away from school since I was five years old and I've always taught you know I talked to Charles and said I know she, she's familiar with this I always said that I never uh, went to work a day in my life I've just always gone to school I just love what I do and it's gonna be really hard to be away from it in fact it's giving me the vapors <laughs> It's hard. It's it's hard. I, I <clears throat> excuse me. I really love what I do, but I've got young grandchildren now, and I want to spend some time with them, and you know, maybe relax a little bit. I work really, really hard. I know that um, Eric. I can see him. He, he knows um, that I often wake up at three o'clock in the morning and start my day. It, it's not uncommon uh, for for me to get only four or five hours of sleep. And what am I doing? I'm doing chemistry because I love chemistry. And and so being able to step back from, from that is a little weird. Um, I've been Dr. Paul for a very, very long time. And it's going to be weird going back to civilian life. Um, but I'm sure I'll get used to it. But I am looking forward to having a little bit of time off and coming back to the college and, and um, teaching one class part time um, to keep my, my hand in it and uh, keep my mind active. and. And I love the students. And and so that'll be a, a lot of fun. And I just, I know he's, he's out there, but I also want to give a shout out to Jose Hernandez, um, <clears throat> who has been here with us today. 
Um, I really love him. I'm um, really happy he could be here today. I miss him. Um, anyway, it's crazy. <laughs> Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Our next retiree is Professor Stephanie Gross and Senior Dean Maria Villagomez. Hello again. I'm not sure if Stephanie is here with us or not. Um, if you are, Stephanie, I'm glad that you are. Um, so I'll say a few words about Stephanie. Stephanie retired um, last summer, and it was during the off cycle of when faculty typically retire. So we did not have an opportunity to honor her last year. Instead, she's joining this group this year to, to, to be recognized. And, uh, you know, Stephanie Gross um, was a librarian um, here at Napa Valley College for over 18 years. And she was a great joy um, in helping students one-on-one, -on -one, finding the resources they needed for their academic papers and projects. Um, one faculty member said about her that she would spend whatever time necessary with students. And if she could not provide the resource, she would find out who could through her professionalism, teamwork, and dedication. Another colleague said, uh, Professor Gross's deep knowledge of library science and information competency has greatly benefited Napa Valley College students. Stephanie is thoughtful, inquisitive, and dedicated to student success. She created LibGuides independently and collaborated with library faculty, campus colleagues, and community members to publish works mm -hmm. on a variety of subjects. Another colleague said, fearlessly and passionately, Stephanie advocated for the instructional technology needs of faculty, culminating in the creation of the Academic Senate Education Technology Committee. She kept library instruction and curricula current and innovative, unapologetically advocated for the protection of 10 plus one areas, serving on NBC academic Senate committees with distinction and, and great representation. Congratulations to Stephanie Gross, professor, um, soon to be professor emeritus and happy retirement. Thank you. I think she may have joined. We'll give just a sec to see if she's here and may want to say something. Sarah, I don't see her. No, okay. Um, she, I'm here. Actually, she oh, is oh, here. Oh, sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm missed you. Sorry. <laughs> um, Maria, thank you for those kind words. I'm, um, I'm so honored. I want to thank the Board of Trustees. I want to thank Dr. Kraft. And most of all, I'd like to thank um, my colleagues, my faculty, um, friends. And um, boy, I got so much support from all of you. I learned so much about all of you and uh, for, about teaching and um, leading. And um, it really was a wonderful career. And um, I'm grateful. Thank you so much. 
Our next retiree is also a librarian, Professor Nancy McHenry. And I'll hand back to, to uh, Dean Bia Gomez. Congratulations again, Professor Gross. And now, uh, Professor Nancy McHenry. Um, you know, Nancy has served um, as an important and valued member of the educational team at Napa Valley College for 15 years and is now retiring um, on to a new adventure. Nancy was always looking for new and innovative ways, particularly in digital formats, to better um, serve the interests of, of, of our students and serve our students. Um, she's been a wonderful mentor um, for our students and they learn about research, you know, um, and they want to learn from her. And she personalizes the research process so that the students can feel connected. And she um, just seems to connect that way in their academic journey and similar research journey. Nancy worked um, vigorously with departments to enhance their departmental uh, pages with resources that are specific to those disciplines and those departments. Um, during her years at Napa Valley College, she created library virtual presence from the ground up, um, making the resources of the library accessible 24 seven. Um, one of her colleagues said that Nancy worked tirelessly and generously in support of faculty and students, sharing her expertise to improve our research needs. Another faculty member said that uh, Nancy stepped up to do library review for the curriculum committee with no complaint, showing her characteristic dedication and generosity. And so with that, congratulations, Nancy. It's been a pleasure and happy retirement. Thank you. Well, thank you so much. Um, I feel really fortunate that I get to end my 32 years in education at Napa Valley College. Um, working with college students has really been my favorite career of all time. And I will miss all of you, students, staff, fellow faculty members and administrators. Thank you so much. Thank you. Our next retiree is Professor, uh, Professor Linda Monger, and I'm going to turn over to Professor Moore. Oops. There's my camera. Okay. So tonight I just want on behalf of the counseling department want to honor Linda Monger. She has been a counselor at Napa Valley College for 32 years. Um, our longest standing counselor for sure and, and, and probably one of our longer standing faculty as a whole. Uh, I've known Linda for the, the whole time I've been at Napa. She's been my colleague for 18 years and um, her career started out as an articulation officer making sure that all of our courses, all of our curriculum was being approved and transferable to the universities. Um, then she transitioned uh, solely into general counseling for many years, serving students, helping them to create and complete their academic goals. 
I think her most meaningful time at NBC, she would probably say, has been the end of her career as our as our veterans counselor. Linda's been serving our student vets who oftentimes can have an adjustment, a difficult adjustment transitioning to civilian life. And they're coming back to community college to, to gain new training and new education, whether it's CTE, vocational or transfer. And Linda's been that person uh, who meets them here and makes sure that they get their service, uh, all their things that they need to, to be served and get their ed plan going and get them um, also, uh, also um, finishing their, their academic goal. So it's, it's, we're very proud to have had her serving in that role. Uh, some of the things that we're going to miss in the counseling department is as such a longstanding counselor, Linda always gives us a really good historical perspective. Whenever uh, we're wondering why do we do it this way or what's the purpose for this policy, we can always go to Linda and she's able to give us a really comprehensive understanding of, of why something is the way it is. Um, for um, for all of those who, who do know Linda well, one of the biggest things we are going to miss in counseling is this amazing, boisterous, beautiful laugh that Linda has. It lights up the counseling hallway. I would try to um, uh, in, it, it, um, it imitate it for you, but I won't do that to you guys tonight. But it really is something that, whether I'm hearing it for the first time or over many years, we will miss that 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 beautiful laugh in counseling, and I think what we all wish for you, Linda. Um, we know that you're very big in your in your choir outside of work, so we hope that you find more time to spend with choir. Um, you and your cats, you love your cats, and hopefully you're gonna have a lot more time to spend with them and just doing all the traveling you want to do and all the the things you love. So thank you for all the work that you've done with our students and within our department. And I'm going to pass it on to Gwen Kell, who also wants to say a few words on your behalf. Um, I'm trying to come on. Can, I, can anybody hear me? Yes, we can. Okay. Can you see me too or no? Okay. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm so happy to say a few words about Linda as well. Um, I've probably known you the longest, Linda, um, the longest of any of the counselors at NVC. Uh, Linda is the last of the small group of counselors from the time when we didn't officially have a counseling division. And it was largely a male group. So some of you will remember Bill Blair, Bill Weddington, Ron Rhino, Jerry Somerville, who's still kind of with us, Jose Hurtado. And then we were talking today, Linda and I, and we think that Gerard Perez was also um, here in EOPS as a counselor. So really the only females were, um, let's see, uh, Laura Eklund was an EOPS counselor uh, and the head of counseling, there wasn't officially a chair at the time when Linda was hired, um, was Gladys Dallas. So she was kind of the ringleader. And she did, like Andy, uh, Angie had mentioned, um, trained Linda before she quickly retired um, as our first articulation officer. 
So um, I don't know. I think that I might say that Linda's happy years, yes, certainly, you know, uh, her role with veterans, but she spent um, several years after I was hired and eventually became the transfer center coordinator. And the transfer center was where the president's office now is on campus. And um, she had her office in there with us. She's definitely a, a team player who likes to be part of a team. I mean, Linda is somebody that we could always um, expect to be at meetings. I mean, she didn't miss, you know, our faculty association meetings. She's proud to be a part of the Academic Senate. Um, so like as Angie had mentioned too, she's, she's our historian. I don't know what we'll do without her. I guess it's gonna have to be me now. Um, more personally, I wanted to share Linda's one of the few colleagues I've had that has actually shown up at my children's um, events over the years. So my son uh, pitched for the University of Michigan and only one time did they come close in Northern California to play and Linda came and watched his game. Um, my daughter went to Napa High and she was in one of the small choral groups there and Linda came to listen to her in a, counts, uh, a concert where she sang a duet. Um, Linda mentioned, or Angie mentioned that Linda um, uh, has cats. You guys, she has 10 cats. <laughs> so I know that Linda will probably be uh, wanting to um, spend more time with them, lucky cats, because we'll miss you very much, Linda, um, and hope that you enjoy your retirement. Congratulations. Well, that almost leaves me speechless. Tears in my eyes for sure. Uh, Steve, you're not the only one. Um, thank you very much, Angie and Gwen. Um, it really has been a pleasure. I wanna thank the board, um, both past and present. Yes, Dr. Shank, I'm here, I'm leaving. It's not been that long, really. Um, at any rate, thank you to the campus community. I don't think I could have done what I have done without everybody pulling together, keeping the college going and moving along. Um, I will miss seeing people. I will also miss students. That was part, the best part of my job is coming in and meeting with students and working with them and seeing their pleasure at finishing what they've started. So again, thank you to everyone. It's been a pleasure and I wish everybody well. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll move to our last retiree on our list, Professor Randy Villa and back to you, Bob Vanderbilt. Thank you, Dr. Parker. Um, Randy Villa's reputation precedes him uh, to the point where his classes are always the first to fill of any discipline on campus. Um, students flock to him. Um, and it's because that they know that he is a caring instructor who is dedicated to their success. Um, he gives it his all. Uh, when COVID-19 hit, uh, there was no one who was more anxious and antsy to get back on campus and be with his students face-to-face, -face, a foot and a half apart on masks than Randy Villa. 
and unfortunately, that hasn't been possible. But I believe that, like um, others who have gone before him into retirement, that he will also come back and uh, offer his services again to teach his students because I know how very much he misses them um, and that close personal contact that is only possible in the classroom. Um, but he has done valiant efforts uh, to adapt uh, in our present circumstances, and, and I really want to thank him and recognize him for his exceptional service. The resolution that the board has in front of them tonight uh, talks about uh, Rand the difference that Randy has made um, in the lives of thousands of students. And forgive me, but um, I have to note that it is a statistically significant difference uh, because he is responsible for thousands of students passing statistics uh, at Napa Valley College. Um, and, and we really are all very grateful for his service. Uh, his longtime colleague, um, Professor Bill Freed, is also with us tonight to say a few words about Randy. So I will turn it over to Professor Freed. Can you see and hear me? We can. Okay, uh, my name is Bill Freed. I'm a math teacher, and I'm glad that Dean Bob asked me to say a few words about Randy Villa. Uh, Randy was here for one semester as a full-time temp before we started together as tenure-track mathematics faculty over 30 years ago. I have come to love Randy like a brother. It didn't take long for Randy's reputation for excellence to spread among the students. They clamored to get into his classes, which still are always overflowing. He attracted students from outside the district to come to Napa Valley College just to be in his class. He has taught many current and former employees of the college. He took on a leadership role in the math department and because of his vision and dedication to name just one of his accomplishments, we now have a state-of-the-art statistics lab classroom. He has been a fierce advocate for students with disabilities and has brought issues of social justice into his statistics classroom. Randy is a very deserving McPherson Award recipient. The Napa Valley College community is a better place because of Randy, and I'd like to wish him a happy and healthy retirement. Randy, you're up. Well, thank you, Bob. Can you see me, first of all? We can see and hear you just fine. Okay. Um, well, thank you all. Uh, thank you, Bob, for your kind words. And thank you, Bill. Uh, that was really heartwarming to me. Um, it seems like yesterday I was here um, teaching my first class. And... Um, I can't believe that 31 plus years have gone by. My son is a graduate of the preschool at Napa Valley College. And I remember bringing him to the preschool before I would teach my eight o'clock um, class. Um, it's just been an amazing um, journey for me. I still love teaching statistics and um, it's, this is gonna be a tough year, um, not to be in a classroom or or teaching at all. And I was told I had to wait uh, until next spring before I could teach as an adjunct faculty. So statistics is still my passion and being in the classroom. And I've had wonderful colleagues. Um, during the 30 years, I was on a lot of hiring committees and brought a lot of great faculty. I should say, 
when I was first hired as a full-time temp, there was only three math faculty in the, in the college math department. Now there are 12. So the math department has grown. Um, I was glad to be there through the growth. It's four times the size of what it was in 1990. And I wanna um, go out on this world, on this word that I will be back next spring if you will have me. And um, thanks everybody. So it's gonna be a tough year not being in a, stat, in a statistics class, but it is just the right time. Thanks everybody. Thank you all of the presenters for being here to celebrate the retirees. Congratulations to all of you. And uh, back to you, Trustee Baker. Thank you. And yes, yet again, I guess I've just been here longer than it feels because I, I know most of you. I don't know that I've ever met Professor Munger or Professor Dada, but I do remember uh, having a couple of conversations with uh, Randy Villa about statistics and talking to him about how that was the one class I dropped when I was in school, but then ended up having to take it again and passed it and enjoyed it. So, and then also uh, Professor Fall, I know that um, a couple of times during open houses and things, you blew things up and made things change color, and and my kids absolutely loved it. And of course, Nancy and Stephanie, I have actually known for a very long time because of um, our work as librarians. And while um, they were being honored. My husband came in to use the printer and he's the director of the Napa County Library and has also worked with both of them and wants to extend his congratulations to both of you. So we have a bunch of resolutions that we're going to adopt as a whole. So I just need to get a um, motion for that. Trustee Baldini, so moved. And in a second. All right, so we have a motion from Trustee Baldini and a second from Trustee DeLuna. So, Trustee DeLuna, how do you vote? I with great thanks to everybody. And Trustee Dodd? I, 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 I. <laughs> I don't think Trustee Goff is with us yet. I, I am here. You're here, yay! I, I have made it, yes, thank you. All yes, right. Well, I got at the tail end, so definitely I. Thank you all. All right. Thank you. And Trustee Iverson. Aye. And Trustee Rios, how do you vote? Aye. Trustee Baldini, your vote? Aye. And student Trustee Shaw, your vote? Aye. And then I also will vote aye multiple times. So we are passing or adopting all of those resolutions unanimously. Thank you all so much for your service. And I know that, um, I know we shall all be back. So I mean, you have to wait a little bit, but you will be back. So thank you very much. Moving on to 4.9 faculty emeritus. And I think we just, uh, there's no presentation. So we just need to adopt this. I think this means you all get free parking. <laughs> <laughs> so, do I have a motion for our um, for this to give everyone emeritus status? Move for approval, Iverson. All right, and a second. Second, Rios. All right, so we have a first from Trustee Iverson, a second from Trustee Rios. Trustee Deluna, how do you vote? Aye. 
Trustee Dodd, how do you vote? Aye. Trustee Goff, how do you vote? Aye. Trustee Iverson, how do you vote? Aye. Trustee Rios, how do you vote? Aye. Trustee Baldini, how do you vote? Aye. And student trustee Scholl, how do you vote? Aye. And then I as well will vote aye. So we have a unanimous passing of that resolution. Thank you very much. All right. So now we are moving on. We're about to enter into closed session. So at this time, the board will devote a total of up to 15 minutes to hear comments regarding closed session agenda items. Individual comments will be limited to three minutes. Do we have any items or any, any individuals who wish to speak about the closed session items? I have received no public comment. All righty. Then we are at this time, we're going to send orders when to move into closed session. Uh, we will be discussing 6.1, conference with real property negotiators, 6.2, conference with labor negotiators, 6.3, public employee discipline, dismissal and release, and 6.4 is public employment. And we will be returning to open session in approximately one hour. So at this time, which is 6.22 p.m., we are moving to closed session. See you in a little while. So we are returning to public session, resuming at 7.49 p.m. Uh, we did take one action in our meeting, and that was to approve the hiring for full-time employment for classified administrator, Dr. Patricia Munsami who is going to be the Senior Director of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. Her initial contract, uh, she has one month contract between June 1st of this year and June 30th, and then she will have another contract that begins July, July 1st and runs through June 30th of 2022. She'll be at range 18, step C on the Administrative Confidential Salary Schedule. We are very, very pleased and excited to have her come on board and look forward to meeting her and working with her in the future. So. Yes. <clears throat> Thank you, board, and uh, welcome, uh, Patricia. Um, she's going to be a wonderful addition. Thank you, committee, for uh, picking a, uh, a worthwhile and wonderful leader. Thanks again. Thank you. So now that we're back in a public session, we're ready for public comment for general items. So for 8.1, this public comment opportunity is governed by the State of California Brown Act. By definition, this is an opportunity to hear concerns, perspectives, and differing vantage points. The board is not able under the Brown Act to engage in any level of conversation or discussion, but we look forward to this opportunity to gather community input. And at this time, the Board of Trustees will devote up to 15 minutes to review comment to the Board of Trustees regarding any subject not appearing as an agenda item for this meeting, but over which the Board has jurisdiction. The public may request that the Board place an item related to the business of the district on a future Board agenda. No action or discussion will occur at this time on such items, and each comment shall last no longer than three minutes. Do we have any public comment this evening? We do not. I have not received any. All right, then. So we can now at this time close public comment and we will be moving on to reports. 
And our first up, 9.1 Academic Senate Report, Dr. Eileen Tejada, President, are you with us this evening? I am. I am here. And I would just like to make a notation. Um, I, I um, being who I am in the world, I would appreciate it if um, in the minute, uh, the agendas and minutes reflect my title of doctor. Um, I just um, would like that as a woman of color. Um, it's important um, for me. So thank you. Um, please note that, Catherine. Good evening, uh, Napa Valley College trustees, Dr. Kraft and colleagues. Tonight, I bring you the Academic Senate Year-End Report. I'm just gonna go ahead and get my computer ready. Um, <clears throat> our accomplishments are contextualized in the time of COVID. The Napa Valley College Academic Senate continues to work to preserve academic freedom to best serve our students. And so I would like to take us through um, our um, committee accomplishments for the year of 2020-2021. The Professional Development Committee um, engaged in writing um, the sabbatical um, um, administrative procedures and revised documents, and they were um, initially approved by the Senate. They are working their way um, to, uh, through, the, through the pipeline. Um, the uh, PDC coordinator uh, worked um, as part of the staff of the Academic Senate Instructional Design Institute. Um, they reviewed and moved forward with multiple faculty uh, professional development requests, advertised multiple professional development conferences and workshops, helped to rewrite bylaws, held a sabbatical workshop, researched and developed multiple flex day agendas, um, brought in a Zoom expert, facilitated multiple uh, flex day events, and made professional development sessions available via recordings. They continued to work um, with the Senate and also in partnership with the Office of Academic Affairs, the Staff Development Committee, Guided Pathways, and several other teams for collaborative opportunities. The Faculty Business Committee approved a new faculty ethics statement, completed and approved the Napa Valley College Distance Education Plan, piloted the peer online course review process, which is um, affectionately called the poker, and it has to do, um, has, it has, it's a process that helps us align our distance education courses to the accreditation rubric. Um, we, uh, let's see, the, this committee um, recommended for approval seven faculty applications for emeritus status, which you saw tonight and approved tonight. Um, they updated and approved the minimum qualifications and equivalency review. Um, they launched the Jello um, the, or the general ed um, learning outcomes assessment pilot for disaggregating student data and expanded access for faculty chairs and track debt to facilitate better connections between assessment and institutional planning. The Educational Technology Committee surveyed faculty for technology needs, advocated for SSO cloud migration, faculty access to Office 365, and a computer refresh implementation. They collaborated with the DE workgroup and the D and distance education for ongoing support of software programs and advocated for renewed IT training on Outlook and Office 365. 
Planning and Budget, which is a district committee, took some actions um, regarding the 2018-2023 Institutional Strategic Plan Revision, uh, the 2020-2021 Final Budget, the creation of a staffing plan workshop, and the creation of AP and BP 6200-3250 and the BP Bylaws Workgroup. Um, let's see, uh, they did a program review uh, forum and a 2012 through 2022 tentative budget. Um, uh, they reviewed and discussed um, things such as the annual progress report, the vision for success metrics, vision and mission statement, and guided pathway scale of adoption, along with some other um, some other duties involving accreditation standards 1.A and 3 uh, and 3D, as well as um, reviewing the annual report to the ACCJC. Uh, the students, uh, uh, the student success committee developed um, the student success sec section of the academic senate faculty handbook. Discussed the following programs that are affecting student success on campus: Starfish. Exploring Pathways, Recapturing um, Degrees, and uh, the Caring Campus Model, and um, determined a presentation for the Academic Senate meeting regarding Office of Student Affairs student data. I shared with you the accomplishments of the um, Curriculum Committee earlier um, this semester, and so I'll just say that there is, in addition to um, modifying 50 courses, archiving 50, um, and um, reviewing um, 13 for submission to the CSU Ethnic Studies graduation requirement, um, along with uh, uh, establishing eight new programs and modifying seven. Um, the continuing work goes on I'm in that committee. Um, the uh, creation of writing and math rubrics in conjunction with a uh, comprehensive process to use when evaluating courses to determine if they are equivalent to those that fulfill the writing and math competencies, clarification of the relationship of curriculum review to program review, training of faculty authors, curriculum committee members, and campus community to use course leave, and the creating of the ethnic studies courses, subject code, and department to fulfill the CSU Ethnic Studies graduation requirement and upcoming Title V changes. The Faculty Evaluation Committee, um, we, um, we did, we were, um, the impact, I should say, of COVID on evaluations, um, we had to halt um, evaluations in spring of 2020. Um, and um, these evaluations were completed in fall of 2020, which actually added to um, a bigger workload. Um, many of the professional development activities that tenured faculty planned to do as part of their evaluations were canceled, and so they had to find new ways to satisfy this requirement. Um, let's see. Um, the um, FEC went digital this year. Um, in uh, spring of 2020, the Academic Senate approved the piloting of online student survey collection. And to achieve this, the paper surveys were converted to a digital format with step-by-step -step instructions. And um, let's see, this created, um, it saved, I want to say, how many, the old process required the lead coach to give a copy, keep a copy. And so that makes about 60 pages worth of work 
um, if you multiply that by the amount of faculty that were being evaluated, something like 3,480 pages um, we were able to, to kind of save. And um, let's see, in, um, in terms of reams of paper, 1.5 cases of paper per year we will be saving as a result of going digital. Um, we are, uh, let's see, they did a, a, an ad hoc group which researched the best practices in collecting student feedback and drafted three new surveys. Uh, the resulting surveys were less confusing, more student focused and directly linked to the qualities described in the teachers, counselors, councils, effectively appendices of the evaluation process of the handbook. Um, and there's a new section of um, Canvas um, that was created as an optional addition to the student survey. And the process continues to be evaluated and assessed. So that's just some of our uh, committee accomplishments. In addition to that, um, we um, ran the, we continued to run the Academic Senate Instructional Design Institute. Uh, this semester is phase three, which is, um, focused on researching and assessing um, the institute to prepare for the uh, EPPRT visit in the fall. And, and so as to effectively use the $250,000 grant to restructure faculty development to align with current research and transform the paradigm of professional development to professional learning. Um, I will note that, that as the Academic Senate President, I finished my first term having raised $367,000 this year to ensure that faculty learning could address the SEAL data and the COVID transition into remote learning and address the equity-minded mandates, guided pathways, and um, the current um, um, and the current um, state academic senate goals and mandates as well. Um, the current Academic Senate Executive Board has been elected to serve another uh, another term. So you'll see me for another couple of years. Um, the Academic Senate passed two resolutions by acclamation. Um, the first um, we adopted from the Academic Senate for the California Community Colleges um, resolution, which is to denounce anti-Asian American Pacific Islander racism. And I'm just going to read a couple of, of, um, of the whereases because embedded in this resolution are, is an inclusivity statement that the Napa Valley College Academic Senate has adopted, which reads, whereas the Napa Valley College Academic Senate accepts the Academic Senate for, the, uh, for California Community College's inclusivity statement, which reads, the Academic Senate for um, California Community Colleges recognizes the benefits to students, faculty, and the community college system gained from the variety of personal experiences, values, and views of a diverse group of individuals with different backgrounds. This diversity includes but is not limited to race, ethnicity, sex, gender identity, sexual orientation, disability status, age, cultural background, veteran status, discipline, or field, and ex experience. We also understand that the California Community College system itself is diverse in terms of the size, location, and student population of its colleges and districts, and we seek participation from faculty across the system. 
The Academic Senate respects and is committed to promoting equal opportunity and inclusion of diverse voices and opinions. We endeavor to have a diversity of talented faculty participate in Academic Senate activities and support local Senates in recruiting and encouraging faculty with different backgrounds to serve on Academic Senate Standing Committees, Task Force, in particular, the Academic Senate acknowledges the need to remove barriers to the recruitment and participation of talented faculty from historically excluded populations in society. So we are adopting that as our own. Um, there's a couple of others, and we will put this will be on the um, on the Senate page. But the um, the resolves are as follow: Resolved that the Napa Valley College Academic Senate joins the Academic Senate for California Community Colleges to condemn the oppressive forces of anti-AAPI racism, denounce xenophobia and anti-AAPI sentiment, and urge the documentation and investigation of all reported incidents in order to promote respect and protection of the AAPI community. Resolved that the Napa Valley College um, Senate joins the Academic Senate for California Community Colleges to create opportunities for faculty to engage in ongoing critical reflections, conversations, and intentional efforts, such as educating from culturally appropriate curriculum in addressing racial, social, and economic injustices and inequities within the AAPI communities, thereby further humanizing AAPI students, faculty, staff members, and administrative colleagues. And be it resolved that the Napa Valley College Academic Senate joins the Academic Senate for California Community Colleges to engage in advocacy and collaborative efforts to protect AAPI students, employees, communities, and victims of discrimination, and to commit to working with campus groups, administration, students, and classified professional colleagues across the system to organize and present local campus and district anti-racism advocacy and education events and efforts. And this was voted by acclamation. Um, the second, um, the second uh, resolution that was passed was to honor Professor um, Sable Hughes. Um, I'll just say that uh, Professor Sable Hughes was the first African-American woman hired as a counselor in EOPS at Napa Valley College, and therefore the first African-American woman hired as a counselor at Napa Valley College. Um, she served Napa um, as a social justice, the Napa Valley College community as a social justice warrior, and we did have a memorial for her, and we um, also have a, um, um, a resolution to honor her, um, her legacy. Um, we are, um, the resolves, let me just, um, uh, the resolves are, Therefore, uh, be it resolved that the Napa Valley College Academic Senate commends Professor Sable Hughes for her work and commitment to her students, the Napa Valley College faculty, and the Napa Valley College community. Be it further resolved that the Umoja Village be renamed the Sable Hughes Umoja Village to remember and celebrate her service at Napa Valley College. And I'll just say this, um, one of the things is that um, Sable, um, Sable uh, was the second uh, professor of African descent to uh, be put on a tenure track, um, and it, it's a uh, it's part of the part of her story that we went over in her memorial. Um, but I just um, just to say that this happened in the '90s, 
and um, you are looking at the first uh, woman of African descent to be on a tenure track um, faculty at, at Napa Valley College. So, and I was hired in '94. Um, so the last, so we've done quite a bit this year. Um, the last issue in my report has to do with the ICER. Um, on April, on April 28th, at my request, Dr. Jim McGowan, who is the first, serves as the first vice president of the Academic Senate, um, and is also the co-chair of the um, accreditation steering committee, um, submitted a report on the status of the ICER. And um, this past, uh, this last um, Academic Senate meeting and business session, the report was accepted by the Academic Senate. And so I wish to um, read the report. Um, President Baker, I'm sorry, I just, I'm noticing, and, and, and sorry, uh, Dr. Tejada, I just, I want to be respectful of everyone who might be waiting to, to speak, and I'm uh, sorry to interrupt you, but just trying to be mindful, maybe we might want to maybe move uh, Dr. Tejada's report towards maybe the end after um, this is the, uh, that uh, portion of the agenda. Just want to be respectful that everybody's getting time, because we're, we're running, I think this is 20, 20 minutes at least right here. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm. This is the last bit of the report, and then thank will, you. And then I will conclude. Um, and I am being conscious of the time, but I also have there's a lot that um, I am I was requested to include in my report. Um, so um, the the letter reads at at, at the rec of the request of Dr. Tejada, I am submitting the summary report for the purposes of describing the ICER writing process thus far addressing the issue of faculty participation therein and outlying steps to come. In the fall of 2020 semester, the Academic Senate President appointed me as Vice President of the Academic Senate to serve as faculty co-chair of the Accreditation Steering Committee. The Academic Senate Executive Committee approved my appointment on September 1st of 2020, and in October of 2020, Dr. Kraft decided that the ICER writing process would be undertaken by voluntary writing teams comprised of representatives from each constituent group and that no reassigned time or additional compensation would be provided for those involved in this accreditation work. Although faculty roles and involvement in accreditation processes is a 10 plus one, Napa Valley College has no mutually agreed upon accreditation procedure in place. Soon after, as the co-chairs were assembling writing teams, the Academic Senate President decided to appoint writing teams faculty from out of the Academic Senate Executive Committee. A former two-term ACCJC commissioner, the Academic Senate President believed that in the current climate, it was unreasonable to ask faculty to devote without compensation the considerable amount of time and resources needed to complete the ICER. She concluded that members of the Executive Committee would be better suited to the task due to the relative flexibility offered by the reassigned time that most Academic Senate officers and committees received. As Dr. Tejada told the Academic Senate at the time, this seemed the most eth ethical and equitable solution to the problem of uncompensated faculty participation in the accreditation process. The Academic Senate approved her appointments on November 10th of 2020. Although the accreditation co-chairs held several trainings toward the end of the semester, for many writing teams, the work of researching and drafting the first responses to the standards did not begin in earnest until January 2021. 
with the first draft deadline of March 20 for many teams in the timeline and workload proved intense. There were more trainings, weekly meetings, and hours of research, correspondence, and writing, and revising. Through both my observations as co-chair and my experiences serving as the faculty representative on three writing teams, I believe 30 to 40 hours of total work by mid-March is a reasonable estimation of the time commitment asked of each active writing team member. As the first deadline, as the first- President Baker, can I make a motion just to uh, table uh, Dr. Tejada's uh, report uh, to the end of the agenda? Do we have a second for that? I mean, if we have, um, perhaps- second. And I mean, no disrespect to you, Dr. Tejada, I just, in the purpose of hearing other folks' reports. Or perhaps we could have the report added and write in as an attachment to the board doc so that we can all review it again later as well. I'd withdraw my motion if that was if that was the case. I don't know if that's an option that we could do at the at this time or not. Okay. Dr. Tahara, do you think that perhaps you could wrap up in about the sixty seconds? Well, I um, I can go ahead and submit the report um, in writing. Um, I just want to make it clear that um, the writing of the ICER. Um, does not have faculty uh, input in it because of the workload. And I do want it documented and included in the board minutes that we did bring this report, that we did try to um, get you folks to listen, and that we are um, really struggling to honor um, knowing the importance of accreditation, knowing that it's a 10 plus 1, and also knowing that we don't have a... Um, President Baker, I'd, I'd like to continue on with the, the motion, please. All right, then, since we have a second, can I, um, I guess we'll do go through our votes. So hold on just a moment. I'm sorry. So this is, we have a, um, a motion to move Dr. Tejada's report to the end of the agenda or it, I can also give her the option if she does not want to stay with us to the bitter end, she can re, uh, please give us a, a written copy that we can attach with our minutes as well as in the board, in board docs. And so do, let's see, hold on. Trustee DeLuda, how do you vote? Nay. Trustee Dodd, how do you vote? Aye. Trustee Goff, how do you vote? Aye. Trustee Iverson, how do you vote? Aye. Trustee Rios, how do you vote? Aye. Trustee Baldini, how do you vote? Aye. Student Trustee Scholl, how do you vote? Aye. And I as well will vote aye and will respectfully ask Dr. Tejada to please, if you would like to stay with us, we would be happy to hear the remainder of your report at the end of the agenda. However, if you need to leave, by all means, uh, please submit a written report. In fact, it would probably be a good idea to do that anyway. So thank you. So then we'll be moving to 9.2, 
which would be uh, the Administrative and Confidential Senate Report. Uh, Robert Harris, are you with us this evening? Yes, yes I am. Good evening board, colleagues and guests. The Administrative Senate has been working diligently this year to help the college move forward in providing the best possible education to our students while working side by side with our faculty and classified professional colleagues to support the mission and vision of the college. This year, hopefully the last of the pandemic, the Administrative Senate has been successful in creating a statement of ethics for the administrative confidential staff and developed and implemented a process to create broad participation of our constituents in a variety of college processes such as campus committees, search committees, and leadership opportunities. Obviously, this past year has not been without its bumps and hiccups. However, as is the norm at Napa Valley College, and if, with a philosophy of we rather than us and them, we, the campus, have persevered and conquered a multitude of challenges via teamwork and camaraderie while continuing the good work with our colleagues of creating a more supportive, more engaging, more inclusive, more diverse, and a better campus as we look toward the future. Accreditation processes are moving. The summer will be a time of professional development opportunities, planning, and preparing for the 21-22 academic year, a time to refresh, renew, and refocus. And finally, the Administrative Senate officers and executive board for the next several years were selected and the incumbents will remain the same and in the same role. So I'll be the president, uh, Maria V. Gomez, tonight's recipient of the ACOY award, will be vice president, secretary is Jerry Dunlap, and the treasurer will be Christine Tapia. On behalf of all the administrative confidential employees on, on campus, thank you for all you have done to keep the focus on our students to help them achieve greatness. We look forward to working with the board and all campus constituencies in the coming year. Thank you. Thank you, Dean Harris. So now we have Associate Students of Napa Valley College report. Is USB Jimenez with us this evening? Yes, hello. Hi. Hi. Um, for my report, I would just like to catch everyone up on what we've been doing this past month. We have worked hard on the commencement. We are actually offering a photo booth, a printable on-site photo booth, and you will also be receiving digital photos. So we also have that, and we're having a banner that we will decorate so people could take both photos, and we will be handing out goodie bags along with the food basket. We have donated a lot of supplies to the food basket and we are still purchasing more to be donated and given out to the students on the day of commencement. Regarding elections, the elections have passed and we have a new president, Marcus Texas, and the same secretary, Janine Misono, and a new student trustee, David Gonzalez. So far we have no more meetings because we have decided to do trainings for our last two weekly meetings. We felt like that we needed to have been trained a lot more regarding both Brown Act, student government in general, and meeting, like especially Zoom meetings now. So we have decided to do some training with SSCCC and Amber Wade. Tomorrow we will be having our bylaws committee meeting when we will decide on a few changes to both the bylaws and the constitution. And because this is my last 
report, I would just like to say thank you all for giving me this opportunity to sit in here and report out what ASMBC is doing. Um, I would also like to have you guys know that I will be volunteering my time during the summer to help train the new ASMBC. And I am currently working on packets, uh, role packets, so that the next ASMBC knows what their role is and is able to reference anything if needed. And that is it for me. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for your service. And no need to thank us. We're here for you. So let's see. Our 9.4 classified association report. Valerie Mull, are you here? thought I saw your name up here I'm earlier. Here. Yes, you are. Um, I am now unmuted. Um, <laughs> thank you. On behalf of the Napa Valley College um, Classified Professionals, I want to congratulate everyone that's been recognized this evening, especially our own Mark Craddy, and this is a tough one. Um, his retirement is well-deserved, but it's happening in just a week or two. So it's, um, he is, um, someone we will all miss very deeply. Um, we are all especially proud of our students, our student scholars, our athletes, and the officers. Because as classified professionals, we appreciate that this is what we are here for, to facilitate their success. And also, as classified professionals, we're here to support faculty and administration to that same end. And that's what makes this such a wonderful place to work and retire from eventually. Um, as for the regular business of the Classified Union, we carry on with monthly membership meetings, elections, bargaining, and are currently working with faculty to plan fall flex day activities. Thank you. Thank you. And then we have Classified Senate Report, Martin Shoemaker, President, are you here with us? I see your box, but you are muted. Okay, well, I'm gonna move on and Mr. Shoemaker, we can come okay. back to you if you, oh, you just unmuted yourself. I saw it happen. <laughs> Sorry about that. Let me no try worries. this one more time. Yeah, uh, well, the class five, we've been pretty busy uh, working, getting ready for the graduation and, uh, um, and, and sprucing up everything for the drive-by graduation and stuff. And uh, yeah, uh, we'll, we too will miss Mark. He's he he's he he's somebody else. There's only one Mark, so he leaves a mark on you. And uh, and on the good side, uh, our mail clerk uh, Alejandro, um, he's getting ready. He's graduating uh, the 29th also, and. Uh, He'll be going to Chico State. That's our mail clerk. So I just want to give a heads up to Charo that we might need to fill that position. But uh, <laughs> yeah, everything's good. Um, can't get better than in, than being the yay area. You know, Warriors look good. Giants look good. A's look good. We look good. You guys look good. Okay. <laughs> you guys have a great day. Thank you. Yeah. 
be hard to, you could do a lot of things remotely, but you can't sort mail from Chico. So, all right, then moving on to 9.6, Faculty Association Report. Ms. Christy Iwamoto, are you here with us this evening? I am here. All right. Uh, good evening, board. Uh, I wanted to congratulate our award winners tonight, Dean Via Gomez, Kathy Gillis, Jeanette Clendon, and Jennifer King, among them in faculty, um, as well as our, our student awardees as well. And um, I wanted to uh, I wanted to tell our retirees, both faculty and classified, how much we're going to miss them very much. Um, I said this in our union meeting uh, this afternoon. I said, you know, we talk about a time when we're all going to be back to normal, but because you are gone, we will not be the same. And I think we are going to feel it. We don't know how badly even we're going to feel it yet uh, because their, uh, their absence is definitely something that, that uh, we will feel. Um, I do want to go on record as saying that uh, on behalf of my colleague, Dr. Tejada, I think that faculty voice is important and it must be heard in this venue, even if it's a lot of information and it's not always good news. And on that note, <laughs> I, I actually, um, uh, negotiations are ongoing, as they often are. And I do have a presentation tonight, a short PowerPoint presentation. But at this point, I would like to uh, call up my, uh, my negotiator, Michael Gianvecchio, to report on our negotiations. Uh, he wrote the PowerPoint, and I feel like he is the right person to deliver it. He and my lead negotiator, Forrest Quinlan, and our other negotiator, Lisa Yanover, have put in literally hundreds of hours on the research over the last year. So, um, so right now, Michael, I would like you to go ahead and take the rest of my time. Okay. Hello, everybody. Um, hope you're having a nice evening. Uh, Catherine, if you could go ahead and open up the PDF. So I'm going to be going over a negotiations update. Um, let's go ahead and just jump to the first page. All right. So as you may be aware, the Faculty Association of the District met yesterday to exchange proposals. And during that meeting, the district presented a proposal with a request that the proposal be voted upon by the association. Uh, today, the Faculty Association met and discussed the proposal. And during that meeting, uh, there were some frustrations that were um, you know, brought forth by the faculty and we wanted to present them to you, um, you know, for your information. Um, could you please go to the next page? So uh, the first frustration is the current rack rank of Napa Valley College is somewhere between 70 and 72. Um, the, uh, you know, when we started negotiations last year, faculty salaries were at 67th. Um, and this was in spite of the fact that Three years ago, we put into our contract uh, Article 26, which you know included a uh, an objective that both parties were to try and increase faculty salaries into the 66th percentile. And during those three during that three year period of time, um, because of the college's basic aid status, revenues have increased substantially. And yet, um, with no salary increase in 2020 2021, faculty salaries have now declined into the 70 to 72 rank. Um, if you could go to the next page. So on the right-hand side, you can see the most up-to-date information. This comes from Santa Rosa. They go through and they collect um, information on salary rank by step. 
And you can see at step one, we are 72 out of 72. At step two, we are 72 out of 72 and so on. There's only one step where we break out above step 70 and that's at step 16 where we manage to achieve uh, rank 69. Um, and so to sum up the frustration of the, the Napa uh, faculty and that is that we achieved basic aid status and four years passed with college revenues increasing by over $5 million. And during that time period, the Napa Valley College faculty salary rank has fallen instead of risen. Uh, Napa Valley College faculty are now arguably the lowest paid faculty in California at a community college. And that's again, that's at a college that has basic aid status, that has more, um, more revenue than other colleges do because of that. And again, that also occurred in an era after we went through and put Article, Article 26 into our contract and it was mutually agreed upon that an objective was to move salary, salary rank higher, not lower. So that's, that's, the, first, that's the, the first frustration. Uh, could you please move to the next page? The next frustration is that there was no salary increase in 2020, 2021. Um, last spring, before COVID, the district presented an offer to increase faculty salaries by 6%. When COVID hit, the 6% salary increase was rescinded. Instead, um, and I should make this clear, the information that I'm presenting in this presentation comes from the budget information that's presented publicly on the Napa Valley College website. So only recently, in just a few hours ago, did Napa Valley, did the Faculty Association receive the actual budget results for each year. And so everything in this comes from the budget, the projected budget that's on the website and not from the actual budget results. I just need to make that clear, clarify that. But from the budget results, uh, you know, that are on the website, the, the district elected to, instead of increasing faculty salaries by 6%, the district elected to spend 20% on administrative salaries for the second consecutive year. So this was not a, a, a one-time thing. This was the second year that this happened. Um, and those two amounts were are roughly similar, 20% on administration versus 6% for faculty. Um, so since then, at no point in our negotiations over the last year has the district prioritized offsetting this loss. So the 6%, it's like it never happened. Uh, any discussion of using COVID relief funds to adjust for the 6% were immediately squashed. Could you please move to the next page? On top of that, uh, the proposal from the district that is currently, that's currently been made uh, is a reduced offer in year one um, using the justification that local revenues have not re will recover slowly. Um, but just to put it all and tie it all into a knot, uh, during COVID, the district chose a second year of increases in admin spending, overworking on Article 26, and over preventing faculty from dropping to arguably the lowest salary rank in California. And then during negotiations, the district has obstinately refused any attempt to try and quickly compensate faculty for the loss of the 6%. Uh, so that is the second of our frustrations. Could you move to the next page? Another frustration is that due to the back-to-back 20% increases in admin spending, admin ha spending has increased by 53% over the last two years, according to the budget information that's on the website. Uh, during those two years, so I, I need to repeat that. Admin spending has increased by 53% over two years. During those two years, spending on admin has consumed 56% of all new salary spending. Normally, spending on administration takes up about 15% of salaries. So if you go through and you do the math there, 
I'm a math faculty member. I didn't introduce myself. But um, admin received over seven years of its share of new spending over the past two years during an era when faculty were trying to rise using that Article 26. The effect of this splurge on administration has been to drastically restructure the salary proportions at Napa Valley College. Faculty have fallen to lows not seen since, during, since right after the Great Recession, while admin have spiked to the highest percent of salaries ever. And if you could move to the next page. So I've included a chart here for your you know, for, for you to see. Um, and so the, the orange represents the admin, and you could see for the past decade, we're in the 13 to, oh, sorry, the, in the, yeah, in the 14 to 16% range. From looking at other colleges, that is fairly normal. And in the last two years, have spiked all the way up to near 20%, um, an all-time high, by a significant margin. Meanwhile, that spike has come at the cost of faculty who have seen their proportion of the budget fall from 57.5% pre-COVID, pre, sorry, pre-basic aid, um, and over the last two years, all the way down, back down to near the lows that occurred right after the Great Recession when faculty had not seen a salary increase in over seven years. That is something that faculty find frustrating, is that... The amount, of, the amount of resources that are being put into administration and really in lieu of being put into faculty. Um, could you move to the next page? Despite all of those frustrations, the Faculty Association does intend to vote on the completed contract, including the proposal from the district. And we will see what happens. That is my presentation. Thank you so much for your attention. And that is also my report. So thank you very much, everyone. And thank you very much. All right, then. So we are now on to 9.7, President and Cabinet Reports. So I'm going to turn this over now to Dr. Kraft. Thank you. Um, thank you. Uh, you know, basically, we're listening to the Council of Presidents, and um, so are the Senate Presidents and the uh, Classified Association and Faculty Association. Appreciate your reports. Um, let's let's um, dive into some pretty good news um, in terms of the foundation update. Um, Jessica Thomason, the executive director, is joining us. And then we'll work through accreditation, public affairs, technology, some fall planning and housing, and um, hopefully um, provide some information for the board and, um, and the, the stakeholders listening. Jessica, if you're out there. Dr. Kraft, um, this is Holly Dawson. Jessica had to leave to take care of her little ones. And oh, no. To give a brief update on her behalf. Awesome. Um, Thank you, Holly. If you don't mind. So, trustees, um, she asked me to share three things with you. One is that the foundation board is in the process of implementing or beginning steps for a strategic plan for the next three years. And they have sent out a survey and they are asking you to make sure to respond by June 1. They'll resend just in case, but if you can please check your email. Number two, um, if you haven't seen, we'll make sure that you get a copy of the auction postcard. I think it was shared online in previous board meetings, but we'll make sure it gets into your inbox. And you can preview auction lots now and the live bidding begins on May 19th. You are encouraged to visit and bid often and bid high. 
And finally, number three, um, the foundation is in the process of issuing its scholarship checks and 133 students, 237 total scholarships, $178,900 will be awarded this year. And that is my very brief report on behalf of Jessica, um, the foundation executive director. Wonderful. Thank you. Um, a, a big thanks to the foundation. Malcolm DeSayas, the, the president and Jessica and team have really revitalized the foundation. And um, I'm excited about the community I'm getting behind. Basically, all I mean, this is for scholarships for our students, for projects that support teaching, learning and facilities in the college. So it's it's a very altruistic group. And I, I give my hats off to them. Um, we have an accreditation update. Um, and by the way, I left off that um, one of the cabinet reports is um, uh, an Oscars area. And we'll, and we'll touch that with Patty Morgan. So accreditation, if we can do that. Thank you, Holly. Okay, uh, good evening, board. Um, it's uh, the Robin show this evening because Jim, unfortunately, isn't able to be with us or join us this evening. So he put it in my hands, but we um, coordinate all of our reports to you uh, together. So he is lurking behind the scenes here in some way, shape, or form. So Catherine, if, if I could get you to advance the slide, please. Uh, thank you. Um, so uh, I'm just picking up where we left off with, for, for you guys uh, last month. Uh, we had our first drafts from all of the writing teams were due back on March 19th. And so last last month, around this time, we were reviewing all of those drafts. Um, Jim and I had extensive meetings and uh, made sure we were on the same page about all of our feedback. And then we provided feedback to all of the writing teams on their first drafts. Um, we did kind of a three-pronged approach to that um, that entailed um, about a third of our writing teams got very detailed written comments from us via email. Um, another third, uh, Jim and I are serving on those teams ourselves, so we individually liaised with our respective teams. And then finally, we had um, in-depth Zoom meetings with about a third of our team so that they could um, have a, a, an opportunity to ask us um, clarifying questions. And those tended to be um, some of the standards that had the most, um, the largest set of standards within them. Um, so that's all wrapped up now. And so the writing teams are now engaged in working on their second drafts based on the feedback that we gave them on their first ones. I will say that we did receive a lot of um, very positive comments from people about how it really helps them refine their thinking. They, they expect the second draft to be a lot more streamlined um, based on the guidance that we provided. So that was um, nice to, to hear. Um, the second drafts are due about a week from today on May 21st. And um, so our anticipated summer activities uh, include uh, incorporating consistency across the ICER draft. So in terms of the approach and what's written in each of the required sections, avoiding um, any repetition, um, you know, making sure that we're using similar acronyms and wording throughout. Um, we'll, we will then complete drafts of all portions of the ICER. That's really beyond the responses um, to the standards. There are several required sections of the ICER that are not being addressed by our writing teams, but are falling to me and Jim as co-chairs. Uh, the Accreditation Steering Committee will be reviewing the second draft toward the end of the summer. Uh, and then uh, we will also, we hope, this is time permitting, to embed the evidence uh, that all of the teams have collected directly into the third draft so that that will be help facilitate the review by the campus community 
can't make any promises at this point because it does depend on um, how um, thorough and organized the evidence is that we receive from all of our writing teams, but that's certainly um, one of the aims. And then the idea is that the third draft, there will be um, very minimal refinement between um, drafts two and three. So that is what I have for you all tonight. Thank you, Robin. Um, if the uh, if the board has um, any questions on accreditation and the ICER itself, um, we certainly you can feel free to reach out to me or Catherine, and we'll connect you with Robin too. And Robin, part of RIPI, and we always we always abbreviate that, you know, research planning and institutional effectiveness is to guide that process. It is it is that administrative role that um, you're doing such a good job with, Robin, and I thank you so much. Okay, onward and upward to uh, public affairs and communications, P, A, and C. <laughs> yeah, we're still thinking oh, it might be PACOM. I haven't come oh, okay. up yet, and I'm, you know, I'm working on it. It's branding. Um, thank you, Dr. Kraft and trustees. I'm happy to be here this evening again. Um, earlier this evening with the presentations, the May board meeting is always my favorite board meeting because we celebrate the staff and the faculty and the students and the people who make up Napa Valley College and it's the stories. And really now during these crazy times, we've had to reevaluate marketing and communications because the old stuff that we used to do doesn't work anymore. Times have changed, particularly in light of the pandemic and its effect on our staff and our students and our community. And storytelling is really the way we do marketing now. Um, we have to return to our roots, sort of this grassroots focus and create partnerships, use trusted messengers and tell stories. And most of our efforts telling stories are through local media, social media and our website. And of course, I'm not talking about the current website, I'm talking about the future website. Um, and on the agenda a little later tonight, for your consideration is the contract for Modern Campus for Omni CMS to design the, and the web content management system for Napa Valley College's public facing website. I've shared those plans at previous meetings, so I don't intend to go into detail tonight, um, but I'm excited about the ability to move that project forward. And when we get to that agenda item, I am of course happy to address any questions you might have. But in the meantime, I wanna share just a little bit about some of the stories that we are telling. Um, today in Napa Valley Registers, you may have seen stories about our car choir, auditions for the Shakespeare Summer Stroll, and the encore performance of A Chorus Line, which is taking place tomorrow night. We also recently shared stories about our McPherson Award winners and our partnership with the Napa Valley Vintners and the United Negro College Fund. We're working on stories about the recipient you heard tonight of the Dr. Ed Schenk Excellence in Student Service Award, the multiple PTK awards received this year, our new college and career access pathways partnerships, which is also on the agenda tonight, our first two graduates of our LGBT program, and a former sous chef of Meadowood at Meadowood, who is now a student at Napa Valley College taking accounting classes and planning to complete his certificate and then transfer to a four-year institution to get his bachelor's degree in finance. Those student success stories really tell the story about Napa Valley College and why we make a difference and how we have an impact on students' lives. 
But since visuals are more engaging, I want to share a little bit about some of the April frontline communication campaigns that we have implemented, which leveraged the initiatives that were coming out of the Chancellor's Office. Um, Ali Shola, my team, our digital marketing and communication specialist and um, our rock star, has done a terrific job taking these statewide campaigns and making them our own. If you can click on that first link, please. Thank you. So we participated in the inaugural Social Media Advocacy Week by deploying daily communications on social media. And we leveraged the national, the daily campaign. You can go to the next one. We, we leveraged the daily campaign focus to share stories about our students and our success in addressing their needs as community college students. Each day had a different theme. So if we go to the next one, it was Motivation Monday. So you can see here we shared a story about a student. We'll go to the next one, please. Transfer Tuesday, more stories about some of our wonderful students. Next one, please, Workforce Wednesday. And I'm not going to play this whole video because it is seven minutes. So I'm going to give you about 30 seconds of it. Good idea. Napa Valley College is such a great resource for people that are going back to school or for new students that just graduate from high school. Everybody comes in here with a different idea of what they want to get out of it. In the last few years, we've really developed our relationship with the Napa Valley College to help support their program so that we have people coming out of their program that can Go do what we do. Slide. I want to leave them wanting more. Thank you. Um, so next I'm going to go on and share. We did Thriving Thursday. And finally, if we go to the last slide, the next slide, Funding Friday. And finally, the next slide, we were very excited when the Chancellor's Office sent out this um, email, which went to everybody in the entire system. And it was to say thank you for participating in this campaign. And it specifically highlighted our campaign in its recap for Transfer Tuesday and the, the work that we did. So congratulations to Allie for her efforts. And it was a really great acknowledgement. Um, I'm going to ask you to click on that next link now. Um, this was the Chancellor's Office Black Student Success Week. And again, we used the opportunity to highlight our student community and our student support services. You can go to the next one, please. We highlighted the Black Hour, which was a daily series of webinars that were put out by the Chancellor's Office. Next. We highlighted our own Umoja Learning Community. Next. Some of our students here, you see Samia Fields. Next, our staff, Jeanette McClendon, who you heard lots about this evening. Um, and finally, two more slides, Takesha Thomas, and next, Elijah Simmons, both two of our students. So it was a great opportunity for us to be able to share stories about our student, students and celebrate our Emoja Learning Program and celebrate Black student success. And finally, Catherine, I'm gonna ask you to go to that final link. Um, so we have also been working very closely with the Office of Student Affairs on the 2021 commencement, particularly the virtual component of the hybrid ceremony. And we wanted to create a video that we could share that really celebrated our students and what they have been through and what they have accomplished and what they've done at Napa Valley College. But we didn't want a bunch of videos of kids wearing and adults wearing masks. And we didn't want a bunch of images from Zoom. 
So we were very fortunate that we have a local filmmaker that we have been working with to create a series of videos for Career Ed. And Zach Green had lots of raw footage. And so we worked with him to take that raw footage and to find some clips that we could use to celebrate our diverse um, community at Napa Valley College. And while what I'm about to share is intended for our virtual commencement ceremony, and we will use it for that, we intend to tweak the beginning and the end, and then create a more generic video that we can then share on our social media, on our website, and other places. So if you can go to the next slide and play, please. you. I just want to thank you all for your time this evening. I just want, I, I appreciate this opportunity to come to you and just give you a little taste of what we're doing in public affairs and communications and the stories that we're telling. Again, I want to thank Allie for all her hard work and thank all of you for your support. Thank you, Holly. It's all about the students. It's been the mantra that um, we've carried for a long time, and we are all here, you know, focusing on, on that student success. Um, technology update. Um, Bob is going to present a, a few things. There's more to come on technology, both, both between this meeting and next, and at the next meeting, but Bob is um, going to give us an update tonight. Yes, thank you. So uh, just wanted to acknowledge the fact that since we last met, we experienced another technology issue um, with our single sign-on system. It was about two weeks ago, our single sign-on system failed. Uh, it was not an equipment failure. It was a certificate issue on that particular server. But as a result, it shut down our single sign-on system. We were preparing to shift the following week to a cloud-based single sign-on system. So it was determined that we would just accelerate that shift. Um, we did the shift, but we saw some, unfortunately, some unanticipated problems that prevented some students from signing on. After a few days and uh, quite a bit of triage and assistance from uh, uh, the folks in the Welcome Center and additional staff pitching in with the Welcome Center, we did resolve most of the issues where uh, 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 we still had one or two systems that weren't working through single sign-on, but we got those resolved uh, by the end of the week. And so at this point, we are reviewing the processes to see what went wrong, um, what did we, uh, what happened that we did not anticipate, 
and how we could have better anticipated those uh, those issues. Uh, and so, as Dr. Kraft said, we continue to review what we did, how we can do it better, and we will have more to report to you at uh, the next board meeting on the additional steps that we're taking to uh, uh, hopefully prevent issues like this from happening in the future. Dr. Kraft, you're muted. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, I know I have feedback and I'm not quite sure why, so I keep muting myself. Why don't we segue to the housing and we'll come back to, to the fall planning, okay? That, perfect. And, and this is a very quick report just to keep you uh, updated on uh, the progress that we're making on uh, student housing. And we continue to move forward. We are our architects are responding, our architects and our um, uh, contractor are responding to questions from the Division of State Architects. So we continue to be in contact with them. And probably most importantly, we are making progress in preparing the documents that we will need for financial close, the ground lease, coordination agreement, and things of that nature. Um, so we continue to have meetings. We just had a meeting this morning with uh, Citibank and uh, the Martin Group and everyone who is involved in the process. And uh, you will be seeing on upcoming board agendas, probably not until July or August, but some documents for you to approve, which will lead us to that financial close, which leads us to groundbreaking in uh, the fall of this year. So moving forward with housing. Thank you. Thank you, Bob. Thanks. It's, it's coming along with a lot more updates as, as we uh, go into the summer and especially the fall. Well, fall planning update. When I hired Sarah Parker, um, very excited about that. Neither of us saw the you know COVID coming coming up, nor all of these issues. And and um, she's going to present um, her conversations and the planning that's gone on with with faculty and the uh, student and the uh, academic affairs council. Sarah, you must you're there somewhere. I'm here. Yes, and I I'm just going to provide a brief update about our plans for so for fall. But I want to start first with summer because our summer enrollment is in open registration right now. And the numbers are tracking with last summer at the same point in registration, which is a very good sign um, after this last year, since our numbers last summer were actually up from years prior. We are also offering approximately 20 additional sections this summer and our outreach and marketing, as you just saw, along with the recent counselor luncheon and increasing numbers of dual enrollment students, all I think provide optimism around our summer session. Uh, then, then we look to fall. And uh, as of this week, our fall schedule is live, which means you can go and look at what classes we'll be offering. And on May 18th, our first priority group can begin to enroll in fall. New students can begin to enroll for fall classes on June 15th. Our fall schedule is the collaborative result of a lot of conversations that took place over the course of spring semester. As I've shared with you before, our um, schedule goes through at three official iterations, but really even more than that. And um, 
we have to plan out far ahead of, in this case, what um, we can only anticipate what reality will look like in August when we first started building our schedule in uh, February and March. So what, uh, what we've arrived at is that our fall schedule has approximately 200 sections that will be held either fully or partially on campus and we'll be offering in-person options across every single one of our disciplines. As we plan ahead, we continue to have to operate under the higher education guidance that uses the tiered system that we're all familiar with, with various restrictions. And this higher education guidance has not yet been updated um, from many, many months ago when we were in quite a different situation um, with the pandemic. I mean, we're so fortunate that we're not. But uh, this does mean that we continue to adhere to strict capacity limits and spacing requirements for our in-person classes. And in order under those restrictions to preserve access for as many students as we want to serve, we will continue to offer more online classes than in-person classes in the fall. Um, I really see fall as a transitional semester for us as the situation continues to improve. I look forward to the shift back to in-person offerings over the course of academic year 21-22 and especially so in spring semester. And finally, um, on enrollment, I want to say that we're, we are starting to be able to do some analysis of our overall enrollment trends across 2021 in comparison to prior years and have had some really excellent conversations in Ac Academic Affairs Council, which is uh, comprised of academic administrators and faculty chairs around strategic enrollment. And uh, next month, I look forward to sharing with you more detailed data related to enrollment trends. Um, I'd like to end my report by congratulating Dr. Tejada on her recent re-election as Academic Senate President. Additionally, I'd like to extend congratulations to Dr. McGowan as the first Vice President and Professor Kinesi as the second Vice President, along with all of the other members of the Executive Board, and to thank them for their committed service in these key campus leadership roles. And I look forward to our continued partnership in support of student success. Uh, this concludes my report, but I'm happy to take any questions. Thank you, Sarah. Hearing none, let me just say briefly, um, in my meetings with uh, statewide meetings with the CEOs and, um, and the chancellor, um, we're pretty much on track, I, I think, and, you, and faculty and leadership, and certainly we've shared it at the academic senate level um, with that leadership. Um, we seem to be, um, sorry about the background noise, if there is some, um, we seem to be on track um, in, in tandem or in step with other colleges. Um, most colleges are undergoing a severe enrollment issue. Um, and um, we're focused, uh, I think, strongly on, on what we've been talking about. It's all about the students, getting those students here. I would encourage you, finally, um, a lot of comment tonight. And, and I can feel the, you know, the frustrations you know, and perspectives from all sides. We are here for students, and commencement is coming up. And that is the payoff for all of us. We're in this business, I think, because we really want to change lives. So um, I'm excited for all of that. Thank you all so far. Um, Patty's going to share just how 
um, you know, some of the dollars coming in have benefited students directly. And um, if you would do that, Patty Morgan, through Oscar's shop, please. Hi, good evening. Um, Catherine, if you could, thank you. So I had a larger presentation, but I pared it down to two minutes because we were going to run really long tonight. Um, so we have been providing emergency relief grants for students um, since the beginning of the pandemic. Um, our first big pot of money came through with the corona um, aid, uh, coronavirus aid relief and economic securities CARES Act. Um, this is the first of the higher education emergency relief fund uh, grants that are coming through. This was for students, for direct aid to students, $1.06 million um, that went out to students. Um, we also had CARES Act minority serving institution funds, um, and that was the Anapizi and our HSI. Um, those funds um, came directly to um, the Office of Student Affairs, um, Oscar DeHaro, and um, at Equity and Inclusivity, uh, Robin Darkangelo. Um, worked with us uh, to get money that money out to students um, as well. Um, the second is the Coronavirus Response and Relief Supplemental Appropriations Act, CRSA, C-R-R-S-A-A. -A. Um, that's the HERF, um, the Higher Education Emergency Relief Fund II um, supplemental grant. So that was an additional $1.06 million um, that we were able to get out to students. So um, the first CARES Act fund um, came to us in spring of 2020. Um, our CURSA, the, this um, second HERF um, fund, came to us in spring of 2021. And so our first group of students, and if we can kind of scroll up, please, Catherine. Um, we had at the very beginning of, go. you can go to the chart, um, at the very beginning of the spring 21 um, or 20 semester, um, when we were just getting into um, this, the whole COVID pandemic, um, the Napa Valley College Foundation stepped up and came up with um, about $56,000 of funds to help um, students with emergency relief grants. In addition to that, um, equity and inclusivity um, was able to, to bring in some additional funding through the equity uh, funding, the state funding, uh, to provide basic skills and uh, student equity grants added to that pot. We then got the CARES Act money. And so, Using the foundation application, we were able to get money out to students fairly quickly. We started paying out um, in early May of 2020, um, dispersing as many funds as we could to students. Um, once the foundation and the equity money ran out, it was only the CARES Act. So we continued to use those applications and get money out to students. Um, so the, the chart that you see here um, is, uh, are basically all the numbers for the last year. So our CARES Act, we dispersed all of our money 
um, over the last year, um, helping not only students who had um, extraordinary needs, um, but we also helped um, our student athletes and our health ops students who needed uh, funding for testing uh, for their classes so that they could do their clinicals and uh, work in the hospitals. Um, some of our, uh, some groups of students were quarantined um, because uh, one or other, another member um, tested positive. So everybody had to quarantine. So we were able to use those CARES Act funds to get money into the hands of students. Uh, about once a month, we were just money for those students. Um, just recently, we spent the entire um, the coronavirus response and relief supplemental grant um, just before um, our spring break, we were able to get that entire fund out to students. Um, there were restrictions with that HERF2 money um, in that we could only pay students who were federal aid eligible um, uh, U.S. citizens, eligible non-citizens um, at that time. So we dispersed all the money that we could out to students. We didn't bother with having students apply. We just got it into their hands. So you can see here the award amounts that we, uh, of the money we dispersed. Some of them, um, we had ranges um, depending on the needs of the students, um, the totals by awards. And Basically, we, we were able to disperse $2.682 million over the last year to 4,100, almost 4,200 students. Um, so we're really glad that we were able to get these additional funds. Um, we also have a one additional um, fund, the Higher Education Relief Act uh, or Relief Funds HERF 3, which is the American Rescue Plan. That's about $3 million. Uh, or a little over $3 million that'll go to students over three years. And so we'll start working on that um, coming up in this next semester. And I will leave you to read the rest of this document at a later date. Thank you. And if you have any questions, I'm more than willing to um, answer those. You know, I, I just want to add, if I could, but just add one, one comment. Uh, I want to thank Patty and her staff for this exceptional work. Uh, because these, this, this work that was, that was done in the name of and benefit of our students uh, was done aside from or uh, on top of the regular financial aid processing and awarding that the office does annually. And uh, Instant Affairs, we, we, have a, we have a mobile uh, motto, excuse me, that I introduced a few years back. And it's students are our, are our business, our only business. And uh, Patty here and her staff have, have, uh, have exhibited uh, that, that motto as well as other areas in incident affairs, if not all the areas in incident affairs. And so I want to thank you, Patty, and your staff for an exceptional job. Thank you. Thank you, Oscar. Thank you all. I'm sorry. Um, that concludes the president's report. I think we got everybody. And thank you, Oscar and Patty, very much. Thank you. Yes, thank you very, very much. Okay, so we are moving on to business now. Uh, we have our consent calendar. And 
we have, oh, I gotta get back up to the right place. Hold on just a moment. Do we have any items that need to be pulled for discussion? Move approval, Baldini, trustee. Do we have a second? Second. And before we vote, I wanna see, is there any public comment on this item? Hearing none. I have received no public comment. All righty then. If we have no discussion, then we have our was our first was our first was from Baldini and second was Rios. Is that correct? Correct. All right. So, uh, Trustee Deluna, how do you vote? Aye. Trustee Dodd, how do you vote? Aye. Trustee Goff, how do you vote? Aye. Trustee Iverson, how do you vote? Aye. Trustee Rios, how do you vote? Aye. Trustee Baldini, how do you vote? Aye. Student Trustee Scholl, how do you vote? Aye. And I will also vote aye, so that takes us to unanimous uh, vote for the consent agenda. So the next thing we have on our agenda is the results of faculty chair election number 11.1. Uh, do we have any public comment on this item? We do not. All right then. So, can I get an action? Uh, ask for a motion, please, to approve. Move for approval. That was Trustee Dodd. Trustee Iverson. Sorry. Iverson. Sorry, I'm, I'm trying to recognize your guys' name, your voices. <laughs> Iverson. And who? And do I need a second, please? Trustee Dodd, second. Trustee Dodd, second. So Iverson for first, and Dodd for second, and then let's see. Let's get uh Trustee DeLuna, how do you vote? Aye. Trustee Dodd, how do you vote? Aye. Trustee Goff, how do you vote? Aye. Trustee Iverson, how do you vote? Aye. Trustee Rios, how do you vote? Aye. Trustee Baldini, how do you vote? Aye. Student Trustee Scholl, how do you vote? Aye. And then I will also vote aye. So we have a unanimous passing of that motion. And then we're going to 11.2 career, college and career access pathways agreements. And Dr. Parker, do you have something to share with us? Yes, I do. Actually, I'm going to ask Catherine if she could open up the couple of PowerPoint slides. I think it was this one. There we go. That's it. Before I begin my introduction of these agreements, I want to note a small correction related to the description for this agenda item. Due to our recent change to legislation, these agreements no longer require a reading prior to approval. In other words, they do not need to come to you twice, so the board may take action on them at a single meeting, and that's different from in the past. Okay, so um, dual enrollment is a this broad term and it refers to students that we share with other educational partners so students that are high school students and napa valley college students but there's a special category of dual enrollment and these are our C, uh, college and career access pathway or ccap students go ahead and move to the next slide the next couple slides, um, you know, they're posted here for your view if you're interested. It just kind of clarifies a little bit of the difference between these categories of students, the ones that are in our CCAP classes, which are the agreements before you this evening, and our other uh, dual enrollment students or non-CCAP students 
who are not taking classes during their high school day on their own campuses, but rather are taking NBC classes here on our campus or in the evening or sometimes on their own campuses, but after their regular high school hours. One of the things that's really amazing about CCAP agreements is the intention behind the creation of them, um, behind the legislation and the creation of the opportunity to offer them. They're meant to create seamless pathways to community college for career and technical education or transfer with the goal of improving high school graduation rates or college and career readiness. And there are multiple benefits to CCAP agreements. So a lot of research has demonstrated that students who participate experience reduced time to degree completion, increased college attainment, and that participation in CCAP courses help close achievement gaps for underrepresented students. Go ahead and move to the next slide, please. Again, this is just some uh, information for, for you all um, in terms of the difference between CCAP and non-CCAP classes and how they're organized. Go ahead and move to the next slide. I'm really excited to send these three CCAP agreements forward to you for consideration with Napa Valley Unified School District, St. Helena Unified School District and Calistoga Joint Unified School District. Cumulatively, you can see that the, we will be offering a dramatic increase in the number of sections and the students that will be served over next academic year from last year with uh, 12 sections, two sections and 13 sections respectively offered at each site. There's a couple of other updates to the CCAP agreements from the past. One of those uh, Differences is that our CCAP agreements this year are two-year agreements instead of one-year agreements. I think this speaks to the um, relationships that we have between Napa Valley College and the Unified School Districts. And we've also added flexibility across the course of those two years so that we can coordinate with one another as needs and opportunities arise and reflect those changes along the way in updated appendix appendices that are mutually agreed upon in terms of the classes that we're offering. Um, in a recent joint meeting between Napa Valley Unified School District and NBC academic administrators, we brainstormed ways to ensure that our partnership in CCAP and beyond can continue to expand. There's just so much interest from our partner schools and so much potential. So I'm really excited about the future and I'm glad to answer any questions that you might have. Anyone have any questions? If not, we can go ahead and take a motion to approve these agreements. All motion to approve. All right, Trustee Goff, do we have a second? Baldini, Trustee, yes. second. <laughs> I think Baldini, I think Baldini beat you to it. So we have a first from Trustee Goff, second from Trustee Baldini. Trustee Inez, how do you vote? Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Do we have any discussion or public comment on this before we go forward? I'm sorry, we have no public comment. Okay, and do we have any discussion? Nope. All right, now, Trustee DeLuna, how do you vote? Aye. Trustee Dodd, how do you vote? Aye. Trustee Goff, how do you vote? Aye. Trustee Iverson, how do you vote? Aye. Trustee Rios, how do you vote? Aye. Trustee Baldini, how do you vote? Aye. And student trustee Scholl, how do you vote? 
Aye. And I will vote aye as well. So we have unanimous passing of those agreements. So now we are on to 11.3, curriculum changes for spring 2021. Do we have any public comment on any of these? We do not. And I don't think we have any presentation, so we can go ahead and just have a motion. And a Motion to approve, Trustee Dodd. Trustee Dodd, second. I'll second, Trustee Goff. Okay, so a first from Trustee Dodd and a second from Trustee Goff. Trustee DeLuna, how do you vote? Aye. Trustee Dodd, how do you vote? Aye. Trustee Goff, how do you vote? Aye. Trustee Iverson, how do you vote? Aye. Trustee Rios, how do you vote? Aye. Trustee Baldini, how do you vote? Aye. Student Trustee Scholl, how do you vote? Aye. And I as well will vote I. So that means we have passed that one as well. So, and the 12.1 was pulled. So we have 12.2 review of policy on community use of college facilities. So, Catherine, will you please open up our that policy? And I believe we're also going to be looking at the procedures on this one. I know there has been a great deal of interest in using not just our facilities, but just our spaces in general. So we, um, and I know there's interest from several of our board members, myself included, in making certain that we make our college available to the community as much as we can. And so we wanted to make certain that there's nothing in our policy that's going to create any issues. And Bob, was Bob going to talk, I think someone was going to talk to us a little bit about what we might be able to do with our internal operations to maybe kind of make things a little easier for folks? Certainly. So um, it, the, 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 um, the board policy itself, is at a very high level and just authorizes the use through the uh, Civic Center Act, authorizes the use of our facilities. It's really in the administrative procedure that the, um, and the way that we execute the administrative procedure, um, that's really where the, uh, uh, the uh, way that a member of the public would ask to use our facilities, the uh, requirements that we would put in place for someone to use our, our facilities. And it's really in that uh, administrative procedure that goes along with the board policy, as well as in the, uh, the way that staff execute that administrative procedure. I, I think that's where, uh, uh, that's where the, discussion uh, would take place or where the uh, where the confusion frustration um, I'm not sure what the appropriate word is to use but uh, that uh, there are some uh, concerns that have been expressed to members of the board by members of the public about uh, access to our facilities on campus and again, that's not the policy that's really 
the administrative procedure and the execution of the administrative procedure. Yeah, and I think that, I mean, in reviewing the policy, I don't see anything that really needs to be changed because, as you said, it's kind of at a high level. Um, but I know, um, you know, and this is just a discussion item, so if, other, if others have um, input that they want to throw in, by all means, um, I'm thinking, you know, primarily we just want to do what we can to make it equitable and make it simple. Um, and then I, I think that part of the issue might be that there, because there is so much interest in it and it's not just limited to the pack or something like that, that, that there are multiple departments that might be affected by this. And so um, want to try to maybe streamline things or something. So um, perhaps that's something that we can direct staff to take a look at and see if there's a way that can we can adjust our internal processes to uh, make it simple and easy for members of the public to see what their options are, see what the requirements are, and then anything we can do to digitize those processes <clears throat> would be better. So right. if anyone else has anything they'd like to, to add to that. I just, so what exactly is the administrative procedure and at what point would the board weigh in on that procedure i guess what it is it like a per use per basis or well i'm not sure that do we since this isn't really a policy uh, is, yeah i'm i think that that our the our the, our influence is primarily just in terms of of instructing staff to fix it <laughs> um, i don't know if, the, if, the, if that's something like you know that it's up to you guys how you want to how you want to tackle that but i i know i would i would like to certainly see uh something that is very simple and easy for anyone from the public to, to jump on our website and see what their options are see what's available if they're you know even an option for calendaring or things like that and contracts and anything that needs to to be processed that we can make it really easy to understand and and simple to navigate and then also make it simple on the on the inside for us as well um because this is also a this is also a money maker for us and so we don't want to turn people away with by being frustrated well, tr trustee baker would it make sense for staff to present what the process currently is perhaps at the at the next board meeting um for that could definitely be helpful it's definitely a good okay. start um and especially if there's um um any desperate disparate differences between like if you want to say for instance if you wanted to use the baseball field or the pool how is that different from if you wanted to use the pack or if you wanted to right. use something else and so you know so if you know there may and there may very well be different rules um and regulations around those different areas and depending on what you know liability and things like that but it's still it still should be simplified and, yeah. and so that people don't have to hunt for things and if they have questions they know who to ask and and yeah. uh, they can see at any given time where they're you know, we kind of like you know, like how we hope that our planning <laughs> departments work in cities and whatnot. They don't always get it right either. Right. <laughs> and trust, or, uh, Madam Chair, um, in terms of, could we look at what is the cost? Like, what are the usage fees for the pack or 
fields or anything else that's outlined in this BP. And is that something, is the cost, is that something that we have anything to do with or is it just a matter of us just, you know? Yeah. No, the, the cost is actually the one thing that you that the board does approve. So um, when we bring on an annual basis and we're not making any changes this year, so we're not bringing the district fee schedule to you this year, but the district fee schedule, which includes the fees that we charge students, the parking fees, parking fines, all of those things, the use of our facilities those fees are also spelled out in uh, that district fee schedule. So that is something that the Board of Trustees, anytime we would make a change to that, um, that has to come to the Board of Trustees for approval. Okay, great. Um, um, is that, does the Civic Center Act, I thought it um, included language about what could be charged uh, in the- It does. You're absolutely right, Trustee Rios, it does. And in fact, if you if we've looked at the um, administrative procedure, the administrative procedure AP 6700 actually spells that out. So, you know, it says that if you're this type of user, you can be charged these costs associated with your use. Mm -hmm. Is there yeah. anything in any of this also that I mean I know that I know that we have um, yeah, that we always have the ability to say you know that college comes first if we need this space for for student use or things like that that we always get first dibs but um, if, if there's anything if there are any other tiers of groups or something that that get, take priority or anything if that's something that's ever addressed. So I believe that is, I, I wish I could say I've memorized AP 6700. I have not, but I believe, I believe that is addressed in this AP uh, 6700 um, in terms of the, uh, the, the types of organizations that can use uh, our facilities and what we would charge them for that use of, uh, of the facility. Okay. It is pretty much on a first come first serve basis in most cases. Mm -hmm. um, we don't, except for our own use, right. we don't hold the hold the facilities aside. Okay. Well, yeah. So I think um, our our next step could definitely be to bring it back uh, next month and with a presentation, just kind of where we are now. Right. And, and then if you if you have opportunity to to discuss some potential improvements, things like that between now and then it would be great to go ahead and get that ball rolling. Um, but, you know, and I know we're moving toward, you know, new web options as well. So if there, again, if there's anything we can do um, with our new uh, technology options to streamline this, that would be fantastic. That would be great. We will, we'll put that together for our next meeting, Thank your you. next meeting. <laughs> Does anyone else have any other questions or concerns, comments about this before we move on? Yeah, President Baker, I just, uh, I, I know it's a requirement for an indemnification um, uh, component in the, in the policy. I saw that requirement, but just a little touch on as a kind of secondary issue, liability issues. Um, the, uh, the administration is thinking about, you know, when they're, when they're renting out these facilities and those types of issues. I know that was particularly um, relevant, certainly um, as, as uh, when we're in the height of, uh, of uh, the pandemic too. And just like, just in general, like what kind of insurance requirements we have. Yeah. Making sure I think that we're not taking on additional liability and we're having those, those bases covered. Right. 
My last, I guess, comment is or question would be: Would it, is it out of scope to maybe get like a recap of what the use is has been in the past and some of that stuff when we have a report? No, I think that's so. So what you're asking is uh, statistics on how much our facilities were used and and exactly. what kinds of uses. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Type of use. Yes. And then, like, if we have waiting lists for people or anything like that, like, if we have, if there's a particular area that is just really, really the hot <laughs> spot that everyone wants. Uh. Trustee Baker, yes. uh, Madam President, the uh, charging stations, would those be, uh, I've seen folks after hours use those that drive on campus and here. Oh, do we need to make those coin operated? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, interestingly enough, we we will be. We're working with Marin Clean Energy. They have uh, uh, told us that they will donate some uh, charging stations. There's a little bit of a cost to us, but once we make that switch, which will hopefully be uh, before the end of this calendar year, uh, we will be charging for uh, the use of those charging stations. Charging to charge. Charging to charge, that's correct. I like it. All right. Okay, so unless we have anything else, we move on. Let's see, my goodness, what do we have next? Ah, student affairs. Are our students still with us? Because we have a resolution in support of the LGBTQ plus community uh, that they have adopted. And then, oh, I can't click on that. That's Catherine. <laughs> I'm like, why is nothing <laughs> happening? <laughs> so I will um, open it. So the, <laughs> the student club passed their resolution, and in their resolution, they requested that the board of trustees adopt a resolution and uh, and name the month of June as Pride Month and fly the flag. So this is your resolution. Our it's, yeah, it's similar to the one you passed in 2019. Uh, the difference is uh, the the third LGBT certificate was added, or second, I believe. These are listed right here. Mm -hmm. And added is the month of June 2021 is Pride Month, and that the flag shall be flown during that month. Absolutely. So are we resolved? Do we have a um, do we have a motion to resolve that the board recognizes the month of June 2021 as Pride Month? Move for approval. Pride Iverson. Second. All right. Second, Enos. Okay, so we have a first from Trustee Iverson and a second from Trustee DeLuna. And let's see, Trustee DeLuna, how do you vote? Aye. Trustee Dodd, how do you vote? Aye. Trustee Goff, how do you vote? Aye. Trustee Iverson, how do you vote? Aye. Trustee Rios, how do you vote? Aye. Trustee Baldini, how do you vote? Aye. Student Trustee Scholl, how do you vote? Aye. I will also vote aye. So we have a unanimous passing of our resolution and declaring June as Pride Month. So let's see, where are we now? I've gotten lost. We are... Uh, contract for website. Yay. All right. Let's do this. 
Um, Trustee Baker, I have no formal presentation for you because I have been at the last two board meetings and shared our plans for the new website. Um, we have done, done quite a bit of research to make the recommendation that we'd like to work with Modern Campus, Omni CMS. It's what more than 50 colleges in the California community system, college system are working with. And by far, everybody seems to be very happy with their services. Their customer service has been excellent so far. Um, we've made the decision also to incorporate hosting into this contract so that we can host the website off-site which I probably don't even need to explain why that's a grand idea. Um, and this contract also includes the subcontract of a designer, Red Rooster, which is, they're an excellent designer. They've designed a number of community colleges in California and throughout the country. And they have worked with Modern Campus on a number of projects and really work well together and integrate and know the product. And so, um, I present to you this contract, and I am certainly happy to answer any questions. Um, does anyone have any questions? And do we have no any questions? I'm just excited for the new <laughs> website. Do, do we have any public comment on this item? No, we do not. All right. I just have one quick question. The dollar amount, because it says this is a multi-year contract, is that this is the dollar amount for this year? Is that correct? This is the dollar amount for the initial launch, which includes the design and the initial implementation. And then the, sorry, my child in the background. And then, and then the cost, being a working mom, you know, um, and then the costs um, annually, or I'd have to open up the contract, but in the $25,000, $27,000 range. $28,000. Yep. Thank you. And that includes the, the licensing and user fees and all of those pieces. And hosting, yeah, great, perfect. Awesome. And so this contract is for the first year, and then it also includes year two and three at those lower costs. Great. Do does anyone have any questions, or if not, I can I will take a motion. I'll, I'll just make one. Yeah, I'll I'll second I'll second it, but I'll just a quick fight. But Holly, just to to, to I mean, um, it's not just abundance of community colleges in, in in the state, but it's really throughout the country. I was I was checking out various of their other websites, and they're just really really clean i think that's the, the best way to describe it and really easy to to navigate good to know we're in good hands yes thank so you. i i so you seconded who was it that gave us the first rios rios all right so we have a first from rios and a second from john so trustee deluna how do you vote aye trustee dodd how do you vote aye trustee goff how do you vote aye trustee iverson how do you vote Aye. Trustee Rios, how do you vote? Aye. Trustee Baldini, how do you vote? Aye. Student Trustee Shaw, how do you vote? Aye. And I vote aye as well. Yay, we have a contract for web services. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you. Uh, hanging in there with us. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> okay, so now we are on to board reports, standing committee and other appointment reports. Has um, DOS had any uh, meeting, Kyle? Um, we have not met since the last one. Alrighty. Um, viticulture and winery, uh, do we have a report on that? That's um, Baldini, correct? Yes, that is correct. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Madam Chair. We did meet 
I was only able to attend part of the meeting. We did unanimously uh, elect uh, Molly Hodgkins as vice chair. And uh, finances look good. And we'll meet uh, soon. So a little update on the, uh, the process of uh, having a, uh, a winery manager, a facilities manager that will be going forward. Thank you. And Legislative Affairs Committee, Trustee Goff, did you have a meeting? Yeah, we um, did not have a meeting because there wasn't much to discuss. I will, I do want to update on you that um, the letter was sent in support of AB 927 for the baccalaureate program. And then I'm going to go ahead and throw it over to back to Holly Dawson. She's busy tonight. I kind of give you an update on what's happening because although we did not meet, uh, things are happening and she's kind of keeping her hand on, on things to keep us up. So Holly, if you could give everybody the latest and greatest, that'd be wonderful. Thank you, Trustee Goff. And this will be very brief because you've heard from me plenty this evening. Um, you know the song, it's all about the base. Well, it's all about the budget. The uh, May revision is intended to, is required to be released by tomorrow. So we should be hearing more about that. And then there will be budget hearings on May 18th and 19th in the Senate and then in the assembly on the 19th. So that, that will be paying close attention to. In addition to the letter for AB 927, which was the baccalaureate degree, we also sent letters of support for AB 1072, small businesses, technical assistance, public contract support, and AB 1573, small businesses, technical assistance, California retention program. Those were both on behalf of the request of SBDC. And finally, we also sent a letter of support for AB 102, College and Career Access Pathways Partnerships. Um, that is something that we did discuss in our committee. We held off on taking a position um, because the, the committee felt that it wanted to focus its attention on AB 927, but with our college's focus on CCAP and the discussion we had this evening about the new contracts and the requests that we got from assembly members, we felt that it was important for us to also support that. The one other comment I wanted to make was about AB 927 that since it was originally introduced by Assemblyman Medina, um, Assemblymember Choi has also come on board as a co-sponsor and Senator Dodd, Hueso and Wilk have signed on as co-authors. So we also have local support from our local Senator. So thank you. All right. Um, let's see, audit and finance, I, we have not met. And real property, it has not met. Uh, the McPherson, uh, do you, are you guys done? Or do you have any final yeah. words? We, we are done. I keep missing the big moments. So I missed the introduction of the winners tonight. But um, uh, we are done for the year, I believe. Dr. Sarah Parker, I'm sure, is going to continue working on this and as well as Christine uh, because they put on the big show. So, so, Dr. Parker, do you have anything to add as far as the McPherson Award tonight? No, just to, to reiterate my invitation to the additional celebration next week on the 19th from three o'clock to four o'clock. Great. Thank you. That is all. And a foundation report. Do you have anything, Kyle? Uh, we did hear, hear from Holly uh, who reported for Jessica, but the big thing is 
our wine auction and this is this is a big deal for us at the foundation it's if you guys haven't gotten one of these I will make sure that I get them to you, but the wine auction is May 19th through the 26th. Mm -hmm. um, so hopefully you guys will get on. There was some really good contributions to that. Also the survey for strategic planning, um, everybody got that. So please respond on it. Okay. And uh, Catherine, I noticed there's a couple of um, reports missing from here. We've got the, oh. the classified. Yeah. One and also the steering the steering committee for um, you're right. I'm sorry. No, no. Um, and, and I believe that's uh, Trustee Deluna for both of them. Do you have anything for either? Um, so the accreditation committee we have not met since the last meeting, but the Ed Shank um, recognition was a great process to be a part of, and the team was exceptional. And I just want to thank uh, Oscar De Otto for. Um, wrangling us all in and organizing everything and helping us select an excellent candidate and recipient for that. So thank you. The award committees are always the most fun. We need to have more awards <laughs> throughout the years. So we have more fun. All right. Um, any future agenda items that anyone wants to um, Trustee Baker? Yes. Um, it, hi. Hi. I, I want to make sure that because we didn't really hear from Dr. Tejada whether you would like to close that loop, Eileen. Oh, I was uh, planning on it, um, but we can do that right now. No, okay. Yeah. I, I just wasn't sure. I wanted to yeah, make no, sure absolutely. that it got Absolutely. We can do that before okay. we move to 7.2. Um, Dr. Tejada, are you, are you ready to go ahead and come? I, I am. Thank you very much. Um, I will pick up from where um, I was interrupted. Uh, although the accreditation co-chairs held several meet, several trainings toward the end of the fall semester, for many writing teams, the work of researching and drafting the first responses to the standards did not begin in earnest until January 2021. With the first draft deadline of March 19, for many teams, the timeline and workload proved intense. There were more trainings, weekly meetings, and hours of research correspondence and writing and revising. Through both my observations as co-chair and my experiences serving as the faculty representative on three writing teams, I believe 30 to 40 hours of total work by mid-March is a reasonable estimation of the time commitment asked of each active writing team member. As the first draft deadline neared, writing team members began dropping out, citing schedule conflicts, exhaustion, personal issues, and other professional commitments. Although, excuse me, altogether, we lost four faculty and two classified staff. They were not replaced. By the submission of the first draft, seven faculty, other than myself, remained members of 14 ICER writing teams. Four writing teams submitted their first drafts without a faculty member on a team. Um, uh, standard 1A, Mission, 2B, Library and Learning Services, 3C, Technology Resources, and 3D, Financial Resources. In their current forms, our writing teams have persisted and done some great work. They have been thoughtful and diligent in responding to the standards 
but nearly all teams submitted first drafts that were missing sections or were otherwise incomplete, and even those comparatively com uh, complete were in need of revision. Several teams submitted their drafts late, and as of this and as of this writing, one team has not yet submitted a draft. In some cases, these problems reflect the demands of a workload distributed inequitably across depleted writing teams. The tasks of finding evidence, analyzing evidence, drafting responses, analyzing drafts, revising drafts, and engaging in dialogue at each step fell on the shoulders of shorthanded teams. Robust faculty participation could have been helped with the workload. But more to the point, as a result, several sections of the ICER lack significant faculty input and perspective. For example, Teams 1A, Mission, and Standard 3D, Financial Resources, both lost faculty co-chairs of planning and budget teams, um, of planning and budget teams um, in the uh, second um, uh, Standard 2B, Library and Learning Services and Standard 3C Technology Resources both lost the chair of the Educational Technology Committee, while Standard 3C Technology Resources further lost our Computer Studies faculty. As of this writing, feedback from the co-chairs and follow-up meetings with writing teams has been largely completed and work on the second drafts is underway. Again, in several cases, faculty will not be a part of the second draft. Just yesterday, another faculty member who had persisted to this point informed me that they will not be able to participate in additional revisions or writing due to their increasing workload. Regardless of whatever comes in by May 21st, second draft deadline, faculty participation will have been incomplete. Furthermore, in addition to the responses to the standards, there will be little to no faculty input on conclusions and improvement plans for these standards addressed by teams missing faculty members. According to the attached uh, timeline, the completed draft ICER is due to the Accreditation Steering Committee for review in August. In anticipation of this, the co-chairs have scheduled a third draft phase to be conducted in June and July during which the second draft will be revised and completed. The quality focus essay drafted and the evidence embedded into the ICER. This updated timeline has been shared with the Accreditation Steering Committee. The details of this June-July third draft schedule and activities have not been worked out, nor has the issue of compensation for this anticipated summer activities been discussed. This is only true of fall 2021 as well. My own contract as faculty co-chair covers the current semester only. Fall semester, according to our timeline, will include revisions based on the Accreditation Steering Committee's feedback as well as activities and revisions based on review by the campus community and the Board of Trustees. Board approval of the final draft of the ICER is anticipated December 9, 2021. Signed, Dr. Jim McGowan first vice president of the Academic Senate, faculty co-chair of the Accreditation Steering Committee. The accreditation, uh, according to Title V, Section 53200C, Number 7, the accreditation process falls under the 10 plus 1, and the Policy Revision Task Force last summer wrote both a policy 
and an administrative procedure that was initially approved by the Senate and is sitting with the President's office for collegial consultation and to be put through mutual agreement. Further, because of the demands of the committee work and, and, um, and an outlined um, online and remote teaching, faculty co-chairs on the writing teams needed the reassigned time to do the work of writing the ICER and to participate in the training and evidence gathering for the document. The Napa Valley College faculty is fully committed to the accreditation process. However, um, because uh, the faculty co-leads in the writing on the writing teams do not have the time um, to write and continue to um, work on the ICER, I am open to the remedy that we suggested at the beginning of this process, myself and my colleague, Professor Christy Iwamoto, um, to please give the faculty uh, co-chairs, uh, co-team leads, um, the ICER reassigned time. Um, it continues to be a privilege and honor to serve the Napa Valley College faculty in, our, in my capacity as Napa Valley College um, Academic Senate President to ensure and further the success of our students. I just want to note, I'm, I'm finished, uh, I just, that concludes my report. I want to note and mark that this is the second uh, time in my tenure is this in, in, and I'm sure it won't be the last given um, the, the tone of this board, that a white male on the board of trustees disrespects me and tries to silence me or says or calls me out of my name. I just wanted to say that as a woman of color, of African descent, um, it is duly noted that the behavior of the men on this board um, is racist. Thank you. That concludes my report. Thank you, Dr. Tahara, for your report. And if I may say respectfully, I am sorry that you feel that way. And I understand that that is your experience and your perspective. I, again, I'm sorry you feel that way. I did not feel that this evening's comments were in any way, any kind of reflection upon your skin color. It was simply the fact that we were taking a lot of time on the reports and we had a very long agenda. And I would like to ask that your future reports, if they're going to be lengthy, if you could please provide them in writing and we could have them attached to the agenda ahead of time for review. And then we would be more than happy to ask questions and have you point out anything that in particular that you would like to bring to our attention. So really do appreciate you, especially staying with us to the end of our meeting to complete your report. So moving on to 7.2. Um, let's see, future agenda items. Do we have anything that anyone would like to bring for a future agenda item? We've got uh, public use of facilities. We just started that this evening, so we're on it. And our other two items are still TBD. Anything new?
crickets. <laughs> Madam, <laughs> Madam President, <laughs> Trustee Baldini, I'd like to see as, as we move towards uh, the fall, that we have a, a refresh on on uh, uh, for the trustees as far as a tour of the facilities, what's what's going on, what's working, what's not, um, uh, as far as the different departments and the, and uh, just a campus tour, if you will, um, just to understand how the students are uh, and as faculty and administration classified or, or all handling the, uh, the changes back to the new normal, if you will? Yeah, actually, I like that idea. In fact, um, I know that, um, I don't know when it was, a couple of years ago, maybe, that there we did the kind of the audit of the facilities use audit. And um, we have been moving kind of forward on with that. But now that things have kind of turned upside down and we're moving forward knowing what we know about our options for distance learning, et cetera. Maybe it's time to revisit that and uh, we could include a tour. That would be fun. Yes. All right, let's do Thank it. You. Anybody else have anything, anything that, uh, any concerns or objections to that? Nope, all right. Mm -hmm. So, anything that else that anybody would like to bring forward? I had asked about um, having a board member on the equity and inclusivity committee. I don't know if that's been talked about, but if we could get, uh, just as a new board member, maybe a report from them at some point. Um, I know that we, we have a new director coming on and it's fine if it doesn't happen right away, but um, I just, as a new board member, I would like to know a little bit more about that. Yeah, I agree. And I've, I've brought that up um, once or twice as, as well, and we've been kind of delaying it, waiting for our, our new senior director to come on board. Um, so um, in fact, I believe that there is room on the um, that committee for um, community members as well, which I don't think have ever been filled. And so if, if it's not deemed appropriate for a board member to be um, on that committee, perhaps we can include a community member and then have or two and have those individuals report to the board um and then and i know we're also planning on discussing that at our um, board retreat this summer so that we can kind of um come up with a game plan for how we want to move forward on some of these issues and i'll i'll have a update in june for you um with um dr um oh my good I, i'm so used to calling her Moon patricia Sammy. <laughs> Moon Sammy, Dr. Um, Dr. Moon Sammy um, and um, team recall that the, this is a district committee, um, the inclusivity DEI committee. So we're going to re rework it. We'll be working on vision, mission, and also the, the structure of it and the participants in it. So um, it, it should be a very exciting time, but, and we'll have an, a good update for you. It's a great... Um, it's a great conversation, and I um, I think we should be able to get at it all, all of it. And I think it was it was Trustee Deluna, right, who asked? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yes. yeah, good. Well, I'll have an update um, um, with Doctor um, Moon Sammy um, next time. So, 
I don't know how about why I'm having such an issue with her name tonight. I'm so, I'm so, uh, so frustrated. Okay, thank you. Sorry about that. <laughs> no worries. All right, so we've got a couple of things to add to our docket here. If anything, unless anyone else has anything, we can move on to trustee and board chair reports. So let's see, Trustee Deluna, do you have any report this month? Um, just, I love the end of the school year because there's so many different events that we get to participate in. And I was able to go to the virtual symposium and I was just amazed by all the student projects and the questions that everybody was asking. I um, was in awe, so I wasn't able to ask a ton of questions and I wanted to get to all of them as much as I could. So I just want to um, commend Luis Alcazar and the whole team for their, um, I don't know, show, I guess. I don't know what to call it, but the <laughs> everything they did was just amazing. So um, congratulations. And then I also uh, participated in the transfer ceremony and that was um, incredible as well. It was really nice to see. I was watching the chat as the professors were um, saying the names and everything. And it was just so nice to see all the um, comments from the students thanking their professors and just the excitement of their next steps was great. And also the um, virtual high school luncheon that I have to say was very enjoyable. It was nice as a new board member to meet at least virtually more staff and learn about everything that we're doing. And also um, I have to say that Jolice and Claire was yes. amazing. She needs her own TV show or something, but she was awesome and she just made it so fun. So it was easy for the time to go by and I didn't want it to end. So thank you. Okay, Trustee Dodd, do you have a report? I wasn't going to say anything, but I feel like I have to respond to uh, Dr. Tejada's uh, and academic faculty's comment. Um, I'm hurt and I find it terribly offensive um, to call me racist because I'm a white male. Um, it, from my perspective, um, uh, Chair Baker really captured exactly why I asked um, her presentation to be tabled. We were running up against 30 minutes. We had lots of people waiting. We lost Jessica Thompson, I believe, because she had to uh, uh, cut out early to take care of her family. I wanted to be respectful. That's it. She had her opportunity to present. I was very happy to hear. I would have stayed longer if she needed to. Um, uh, but that was the purpose of the motion. Um, so um, I, I kind of lost a word. I've never been called that my entire life. Um, um, but uh, I, I just wanted to, to make that note. Thank you, Chair. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And let's see, Trustee Iverson, do you have a report? I was really going to mention the whole uh, foundation wine auction again, but I like. You did that. I, I know, I can't plug it anymore. Please do the survey, though, for the strategic planning. And I also am hurt at um, Dr. Tejada's comments. I've actually never been called that either so I I'm at a loss of words it's still unsettling so I just it was no disrespect to Dr. Tejada it was moving the meeting along so that everybody could get through their reports so thank you uh, Trustee Dodd for speaking up and uh, Trustee Goff do you have a report uh, no I just want to um Put forth my support for Trustee Dodd. Um, 
it, it's a shame that there was such good information there that uh, is now lost. Um, when you make an accusation like that, especially now, um, just to throw it out there because you don't like something, um, it, it's just, it's unsettling. So uh, I feel badly too. I, I'm not quite sure where to take this. So not a great way to end a meeting, but um, that's the way it is. So uh, we'll try again next month, I guess. That's all. Yeah. Trustee Rios, do you have anything to report? I don't have a report, but I also wanted to comment as I've been sitting here since um, Dr. Tejala's uh, comments, um, kind of unsettled. Um, I found it extremely offensive myself uh, to be called a racist, and I didn't see anything in what uh, transpired tonight as racist, but it, it, I am still having a difficult time with it. So I wasn't sure I should say anything, but I think I, I'm gonna continue to feel this way if I don't say and express uh, how offended I was with that. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Right. Um, I, I know I'm new, but can I say something really quick? I um, am just wondering, if the board has participated in a diversity, inclusivity, or implicit bias, any kind of um, trainings or uh, self-evaluation in the past, or if that's something that we could um, maybe do at our board retreat or even look at or talk about, I think in a different context, I guess, when maybe emotions aren't so high. I, I don't I don't think that that's a bad idea. I think that that could actually be a good way to start some conversations. I think it would be worthwhile to make certain that we have the right people in the room because it's hard to have a conversation about someone's opinions of something. I mean, we all have our opinions. We all have our experiences. And then throwing uh, um, accusations around just doesn't doesn't get us anywhere. And so, I mean, if we have, I, I think that. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It'd be, it would be definitely worth exploring. I mean, we all of us, it, it, we're, every single one of us is a work in progress and we can always make ourselves better and more um, attuned to our surroundings. We're all learning all the time. Um, but I think we need to, all of us, try to listen and continue to listen because, unfortunately, Dr. Tejada has, has already left us. So, um, so, yeah, we will add that to our agenda. And Mr. Baldini, do you have a report? No report other than I too am unsettled and uh, reflective on the events that have transpired. It's uh, it's hurtful and and uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe this is totally inappropriate. I mean, just to be candid, I think that what we have here is nothing to do with racism. What we have here is a broken relationship with our academic Senate president. And I think that that is what needs to be addressed um, before we, I mean, in addition, I should say to DEI, I think that that is where we need to be focusing because this is not a healthy relationship and we need to have a healthy relationship with our academic Senate. And that starts with our president. So, I will see 
if anyone smarter than me has some ideas for how we might do that. Trustee, student trustee Scholl, to the bitter end, sir, do you have anything to report or say to us before you just ride off into the sunset? I I'm I too am very shocked and appalled that a staff member higher up would issue such a statement and then just completely abandon the meeting before anyone has a chance to respond. Um, as a student and someone who I guess now is viewing this from the outside after the statement, that that just is a very large issue to me, especially for such a large claim which she posted to all white males. Um, that's just very shocking, unsettling, and just disturbing to me. And uh, is not how I wanted to end my term as a student trustee. However, on a brighter note, I would uh, like to thank you all again for the opportunity that I've been given. And um, thank you. Well, thank you very much. Again, very excited to hopefully meet you two weeks from Saturday. And as a political science major, you're going to have to learn to take some heat. <laughs> All right. So, uh, do I have What's that, Will? I said, I, uh, I hope it's warranted next time. <laughs> well, it isn't always, unfortunately. <laughs> but, all uh, right. Um, do I have a report? I also went to the MVC symposium, which was, I, my husband was like, what the heck are you doing? I, so I t described it as a college science fair on steroids. And it was truly awesome. I also popped in and out of a bunch of different things. Um, my favorite one was some kids that, I'm sorry, adults. <laughs> I'm going to be 50 in two weeks. You're all kids, damn it. <laughs> so we have, um, there was somebody who built a cloud chamber which allowed you to see radiation in our atmosphere and even in your home. And you only needed like some very simple things to do. And one of the simple things that you needed needed was dry ice. And like two days later, we got a shipment of some vegan chicken nuggets that had dry ice. I was like, oh my God, we have to get that assignment so we can do it ourselves. So we're, we're going to have to, unfortunately, the dry ice disappeared before we found it. So um, next time. And speaking of vegan um, food, the vegan filet mignon at the high school luncheon was fantastic. So thank you. And yes, I agree 100%. Jolie Sinclair needs a TV show. Thank you all for staying till 10.05. Unless you really want to go back into closed session. I don't think we have anything. So have a good rest of your evening. We are, oh, uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Future meeting, our next meeting is going to be on June 10th. That's our next regular meeting. And I hope to see a bunch of you two weeks from Saturday. We are adjourned now still at 10 of 5 p.m. Thank you.